This is the opening kickoff on the country's first FM all sports radio station. 105.5 FM WNSP and WNSP.com. The latest sports, news, traffic, weather, and timely guests with Mark Heim and Lee Shermanian. The opening kickoff. kickoff. Here are Mark and Lee. All right, here we are, Thursday edition. Thanks for hanging with us um, for the next three hours right here on the sports station, WNSP and WNSP.com. Uh, you can get in at 694-1055. Got a great show lined up for for you. And, of course, uh, we appreciate all you guys listening into the in the app this morning. Uh, good morning, Mr. Shervanian. Mr. Heim, it's a pleasure to be back with you this morning. You're looking good. The pleasure is all mine. So, last night, the Florida Panthers, and again, we don't normally uh, lead off with hockey, but they did something that the Miami Heat couldn't do. They finished off their opponent in four straight. This is an amazing story. Obviously, most of you don't follow hockey, but as amazing as the Miami Heat as an eight seed to get into the NBA playoffs, Florida barely squeaked in as an eight seed. So in the Eastern Conference Finals, they won last night with five seconds to go. Matthew Kachuk with his third game-winning goal, and they sweep Carolina, the heavy favorite. So they go to the Stanley Cup Finals for the very – actually the second time. They've never won one. They'll probably take on Vegas. Vegas could sweep tonight if they beat Dallas. So that's what's going on on the sports scene. There was no basketball playoffs last night, but tonight the Celtics in uh, – Game five, and they'll be hosting the Miami Heat. So I, I would think that uh, Matthew Kachuk, not exactly a household name down there in Miami, maybe as popular today as uh, Jimmy Butler is. Mark, uh, the first day of the SEC baseball tournament was basically shutouts. Yesterday, walk-off home runs, and one of them came back to bite Alabama. Alabama in the 11th inning scored three runs. They had a three-run lead, bottom of the 11th, and then one of the Gators hit a three-run walk-off home run. Previously, Arkansas got a walk-off home run, and then um, Auburn, they played Vanderbilt, and they lost. So today, in an elimination game, it's Alabama and Auburn. Not quite maybe on the uh, the meter as an Alabama-Auburn football game, but for these baseball teams. And again, the thinking, the process, the thinking is that both will host. That's not a guarantee, but there is that possibility each will host a regional. But they'll play in an elimination game, both losing heartbreakers yesterday. All right, so what time is that game? Do we know? Yes, that's the second game today. So that would be right around 1230, 1 o'clock maybe. All right. Uh, we- you know, weather permitting and everything, and if there's no delays. Uh, I think South Carolina is the first game against Texas A&M. And then these are elimination games. And then later on, the, the, the winner's bracket games with teams like LSU, Vanderbilt, Florida, and Arkansas. But Al- I was watching some of that game yesterday. Alabama, uh, they had that three-run lead in the 11th and, and let it slip away. And then Auburn, you know, they had a uh, they had three home runs in the game, but they got beat by Vanderbilt. But still, each team looking good. They'll certainly get into the regionals. The question is whether they will host. I mentioned this earlier to you, and I wanted to get your thoughts on this. I had it listed, but we never got to it. Ben Roethlisberger, a longtime Steeler, and maybe arguably one of the best quarterbacks in the history of the Steelers, maybe you know, along with Terry Bradshaw and Bobby Lane and some of the others. But he came out earlier this week, I guess it was a podcast, where he openly said, yes, I was rooting against Kenny Pickney. 
as the quarterback for the Steelers. Obviously, I didn't want to see him do all that great because, and, and you know, take away from what I did. And I, I just couldn't get over that, that he said that. And then Pickney then responded yesterday, and that's why I kind of held off. Pickney uh, responded yesterday, said, I'm not offended by it, it's okay. But my question is, why would you even do that? I mean, if, if you're working here and, you know, they hire somebody, are you going to come out and go tell people, I hope he doesn't do well? I mean, you may think it. But well, th- not anymore. I'm not. But why would why would anybody do that? Why would you? I mean, whatever legacy you have, whatever. Well, this is the part where we we talk about, man, we hate all the guys that get up there and, and give us the coach speak. And then we are, we're critical when they're actually honest. So I there are I think there are more guys that feel the way Roethlisberger felt that just don't say it. You never want the guy after you succeeding and because it's it's a it's a poor reflection somehow on you, I guess is the feeling, right? You you know, we never want we, we never want the show to be as good when we're away, do we? I do. You want the show to do you want the show to be better? I want people I want people to tell me yes they enjoyed listening to the show. I Why you were going? Yes. It doesn't it doesn't bother me at all. In fact, I'm actually happy when I hear that. I don't want people to tell me, well, gosh, cuz I know that, you know, no. I I like it when people tell me they enjoyed the show. Now you what? see you're 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 the anti Ben Roethlisberger. I know you're I telling am. everybody exactly what now, they expect. What, what to if hear. they tell you, man, Nick, that Nick is something else. He's amazing. Mark, wow, he's great. Hey, Lee. What, what if they gave you like that type of... It doesn't uh, bother me at all. Why would it bother me? It, it does not. Can you imagine if uh, Tua Tangaviolo backing up Jalen Hurts was quoted as saying, gosh, I hope Jalen Hurts doesn't do well, and I hope I get my chance or something like that. This is really the first time I've ever heard somebody... But would it surprise you in that situation that you just laid out if that's how he really felt? Even though oh he gosh, say it? no, no, no. Okay. I, I said that. I said I'm sure people feel that way. I've just never really heard anybody publicly, especially way after the fact. It's not like Roethlisberger is the quarterback today. I mean, he he didn't. He's he's retired. So fine. And why would you not want to see a rookie come in there, pick it, and do well for the Steelers? That's your team. What if he's some snot-nosed kid? Uh, I we interviewed him. Did you get that impression? I didn't get that impression from uh, Pickett. He was great on the air with us. I didn't get that impression. Did you? Uh, no, but, but again, he could have been telling us just what we wanted to hear. Remember, we, we had him on and we talked yeah. about his hands, the hand size and yeah. all that kind of stuff. But, I mean, this goes to Aaron. I mean, Aaron Rodgers was basically right. saying the same thing. Like, it's not my job to come in here and help him take mine. Uh, when when he when he was asked about right. what Jordan Love, uh, now see you're again you going in a different direction. No, it's 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 no, relatively the same thing. No, it's not the same thing. The same thing would be if Rogers, with the Jets, is quoted during the year. Gosh, I hope he doesn't do well. Right. He hasn't come. Out, he doesn't say that he's not hoping the guy doesn't do well. It's a totally different situation. Now, Nick, you do your podcast. You follow that. I don't. Are either and Mark, you too. Have you ever heard an athlete say this about another player who's going to basically take over the team? And it's not like he was replacing Roethlisberger. When LeBron came to the Cavs in 03, some of the people on the Cavs roster wasn't believing the hype. All of a sudden, this high school kid comes in, and he's way better than everyone else that's there. That's true. That's true. Ricky Davis being among them. Remember, they traded him. But did they actually come out to the media 
to the media, and this is what I'm saying, did he actually come out and get quoted saying, I hope he doesn't do well? No. No. So that that's my whole point. Rodgers, as you said, he may be, you know, as other quarterbacks do, you know, he doesn't want somebody to take his job or anything like that, but it's not like he came out and said, I don't want him to do well. So it's just something I saw, and it's, I was just a little surprised at Roethlisberger being that way. Well, he did show some humility he in did. saying it. He did. I, you know, I shouldn't be saying this, but. But I said it. <laughs> Come on. No, look, I actually, I, I don't necessarily, uh, I don't hit, hate the guy for saying it. I, I don't, I don't, I don't think it's necessarily, necessarily a negative. I, I think he's just being genuine and being honest about it. Yeah. And, and the fact that he waited until after he was gone, uh, I think, helps his case. Right. I, what is his case? What's he what's he accomplishing? He's not he's not quarterbacking the team. He's retired. He should be rooting for the team. He I should be rooting for your accomplishing uh, showing growth and some self um, evaluation. I mean, in the whole quote, he admits that that's not a good way of thinking. And so he comments on it. And then maybe people can look. At that and apply, uh, you know, that to their own lives and be like, you know, maybe I shouldn't think like Ben Roethlisberger thought. I got another story. Okay. And maybe <laughs> maybe you guys can help me out. Cause you like, we should name this segment the Lee Lightning Round. Yeah. George Washington University. You familiar with it? I've heard of it. I've you know where it is? Washington. Is it? <laughs> D.C. D.C. You're close. I've been there. Okay. So they're changing their nickname from the colonials to the rev revolutionaries okay which is kind of a long nickname but the reason they're doing it the revs okay the revs sound good the reason they're doing it because quote colonialism is the overtaking of a country by citizens of another okay look i'm not well versed <laughs> in all this but doesn't revolutionary also conjure up well, you're taking over the country, your own country, right? If you're a revolutionary. I mean, we talk about the Ameri As opposed American to somebody else. Revolutionary War, mean, didn't uh, they? Uh, didn't we have the Revolutionary War here in America, you know, with the British and all I that? You yeah, were there. yeah, I was going to say, you tell me. <laughs> didn't we? Yes. So I'm not sure I see the real difference in this. But wasn't the revolution they were fighting against uh, the British takeover? Yes. And then colonialism, that's them coming and taking over America. So it's kind of you're on the opposite side now. You're taking back what you think is is justly yours as a revolutionary, right? Well, they're, they're right. saying they're fighting against the man. When yeah. they had the press conference to announce this, and they, it was a big-time press conference, uh, they said, well, revolutionaries are, quote, bold and embody creativity and passion. That was their way of saying it. It's actually a very long, as you said, you made me want to just, instead of saying, you know, you're doing a game or something like that, well, the revolutionaries and maybe just go Revs or something like that. It's a pretty long nickname. Yeah, they'll definitely go with Revs for sure. And then hashtag Rev it up. Oh, perfect. See? Look at that. We're we need, the, we need, need you <laughs> on the marketing team. <laughs> Rev it the, up. The, the marketing team of just probably won there it, it, it old G-Dub. Right. Uh, Andy Reid not happy with the uh, new kickoff rule. Pretty upset about it. Oh yeah. Says we're on. We're getting closer to flag football. 
I actually like flag football, not going to lie. It's fun to watch. Would you watch it if the NFL went that route? Yes. You would? I would watch flag right. football. Uh, flag football is a great sport. Uh, you just worried about all them special teams coordinators out there getting ready to lose jobs. There'll be a special assistant to the coach or something. Why? What, what, what's his problem with it? Other than what we've talked just, about. That's what I said. It's getting too. It's coming. It's getting too. It's moving away from pro football from what it used to be because you know he's an old school guy. Getting closer to, as he said, flag football. Yeah, but it's it's just the kickoff, right? Yeah, but like here's how many here's kickoffs really get run back in a year. All right, see if you agree 1%. with me on this. Where the NFL is hip, hypocritical. I understand that, and they claim that concussions are up in uh, kickoffs. Fine, you know they have the they have the findings. I don't. They have the survey, but yet they continually schedule games. Like for instance, there's been a lot of pushback on Thursday night games, and now they're going to go with a flex schedule. So it's okay to come off a Sunday and start, uh, you know, with the Thursday night games, which haven't been very good in the past. And that's where players have really been complaining because, you know, trying to recover from injuries and things like that, you only get like two days and so forth. Yet the NFL continues to harp on, well, Thursday night, now we're going to go to flex schedule and so forth. So, you know, if you're really looking for safety and you're looking to cut down on injuries and things like that, why are you so locked in to a Thursday night game and or having teams rebound, you know, as fast as Maybe they don't want to. So that's the other end of it. There's two two ways of looking at it. Oh, well, they're incredibly hypothetical. Uh, they're hypothetical, the Revs. Now, the, of course, they're hypocritical. So to your point, yes, the flex scheduling makes it difficult on on players. And you, you sit here and you talk about health of uh, and health of your, your players and you're extending you're extending seasons like you're adding games. No, I mean, I, I think everybody sees the NFL for what it really is. Money is priority, and your health is a, a distant second. Uh, they're the anti-Rothelsberger. Rothelsberger would just come out and say, yeah, we're doing this because there's money involved. Absolutely. I, you know, the almighty dollar is going to take precedent with the NFL. So if, if they could play 20 games and get rid of all preseason games, they would do it. Uh, and if they and, and, and they're taking out these, these plays to help kind of balance that that perception, it, it's not working. All you're doing is angering people, but whatever. People are going to continue to watch the NFL no matter what they do. Absolutely. Yeah, people get angry over any type of change. So we'll get over it. I mean, we hated years. it when Nick came on, but we dealt with it. Cause right. And see, and now you couldn't live without me. That's right. Well, well, I wouldn't go that far. <laughs> uh, it's okay. How you don't your, have to say it. Since we're, since we're lightning around just talking about anything and everything in the first, how was your, uh, your speaking engagement yesterday? Oh, man, it was perfect. I talked about uh, the WNSP way of life. How about that? Did they give you a pen? No, they gave me a plaque. You got a plaque? Yeah. A what? Yeah, plaque. <laughs> really? <laughs> At the Mobile Area Black Chamber of Commerce. Yeah. Uh, and he talked for eight minutes, which is twice as long as we get to let, let he talks on our show for three hours. So yeah, he I got really it all out. That's about all, the opportunity. That's all Lee, you do got? you know what the WNSP way of thinking is? It's an acronym. Do you know what WNSP way of thinking is? He's very creative. Do I know what it stands for? Yeah. Yes. What does what? it stand for? News programming sports. That'd be, be News sports programming. What's the W for? Well, all 
radio stations this side of the Mississippi have a W in front of it. You go tell me. Well, Lee, that's actually incorrect. Oh, no. W stands for winning mindset. <laughs> N stands for never settling. Oh, jeez. S early stands in the for staying ahead of the game. See, this is what you get when he comes in a minute early. P stands for play as a team. So could you could, <laughs> could we argue that yesterday you were pushing P? I was pushing P yeah. for sure. All right. Well, congratulations on your your plaque and your. Uh, and your it's always your nice to get an award. Yeah. I think the biggest accomplishment was is what you and others did in getting jerseys from all these high schools. Yeah, went all around the county from Irvington to Fairhope. Did you see that? To Satsuma. I didn't. I didn't see the actual jerseys. I knew he yeah. was setting out on a journey of you know eighty. So what are we going to do with six them? Minutes. We're going to burn them. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> We're going to hang them up in the studio and make a big collage. And then every time we have an athlete or a coach come in that went to one of those schools, they'll sign the jersey of their school. So over time, we'll have this nice collection of the history of athletics in Mobile County. How about that? Well said. Yeah. All right, scoreboard traffic and weather. And uh, we'll set the table when we come back. How about that? Since we went long in the... What are we calling that? The uh, the round? The lightning round. Lightning round, the rapid round, the random round. Yeah, light, lightning Lee's random round. <laughs> Here comes your, 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 your abbreviated version of that. It's called the scoreboard. <laughs> Here comes traffic and weather right here on the sports station WNSP. Hey, this is Buggins Blakes from the world-famous Harlem Globetrotters, and you're listening to WNSP in Mobile. All right, 626, real short segment here as we uh, went long in our opener. But we're going to talk to uh, the new Faith Coast coach, Joey Neves. That's coming up in just a few minutes. Ross Jackson on the Saints in the NFL at 7 o'clock. Uh, Eli Gold, the voice of the Crimson Tide at 7.30. Turner Ward at 8 o'clock. And Justin Ferguson on Auburn at 8.30. What else you want to talk about? What else you want to get off your plate there, Lee Shervanian? Well, I think it's, since it was a hot case, we, we should at least mention that about Darius Miles yesterday had his hearing and was denied bail. It's not really a surprise, you know, the uh, shooting death of Jamea Harris that goes back to January. Um, but here's the, the uh, part of it we should also mention. You remember the boyfriend that was mentioned uh, uh, Harris's boyfriend was in the vehicle. Yep. And I I don't know. Did they ever did they ever find him? But they've issued a subpoena to him because they haven't been able to get him to say anything to testify in the case. Hmm. Hmm. Okay. I don't know if they. I don't know the details. We haven't really followed much. There hasn't been much on it lately. But Cedric Johnson was in that vehicle, and that he would obviously be a person of interest to talk to uh, because of the. Well, you know, the, 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 he said, she said type of thing about, you know, who took the first shot. And they 
I remember they couldn't find him for a while, Mark. They, I mean, they, for whatever reasons, and I don't know if they know where he is or whatever. I don't know how, you know, if he's even talked to them, but he's been uh, finally subpoenaed to come in and uh, talk about it. The wheels of justice. Slow, moving incredibly slow. All right, well, we're going to talk uh, some faith when we come back here. You guys can continue with your comments in the app at WNSP.com. All right, so... Uh, oh, something we need to get to a little bit later, too, is some of the opening lines for the college football season route. We'll share those with you coming up. But has there been another has there been another athlete or a coach who has openly admitted, like Roethlisberger, that he was cheering against the guy that followed him after he retired? Um, I can't think of anybody, to be honest with you. And he hesitated. He said he shouldn't admit it. So he knew what he was saying wasn't exactly uh, going to be popular. But he was honest. So I appreciate the honesty and the uh, the perspective on it. It didn't bother me. It, it To me, it was better than, oh, yeah, I was rooting for him the whole time. Want to see the team do well. Blah, blah, blah. Coach Speak 101. He's a stealer for life. He should be rooting for him to do better. Hmm. I don't know. Nick, would you, uh, if, if somebody else was producing our show tomorrow, would you be cheering for a really good show, or do you want to hear that, man, he was terrible, we wish you were here? No, when Nathan fills in, I want it to be good. And, <laughs> and, and that's well said, and Nathan does a very good job, because you trained him. Oh, we're all getting along. Yeah, but he's not as good as me, though, right? See? There it is. All right, I'll say this. Boot, there it is. I haven't been with him long enough, but when he did the Saturday show with me. If that can continue to swing, and let's. I have bad luck on these interviews. No, you, you got this. it. Look. Oh, see, it was. I told you. All right, listen. Okay, we'll right, talk see to you. Sloss, hey, we'll see you later. Hey, Bye. good talking Goodbye. with you, Sloss. Uh, see you, buddy. It. See you. Unbelievable. This, this was a very funny moment yesterday. All right. Texas A&M coach Jim Schlossnagel was being interviewed uh, during the game. And, you know, I'm not a big fan of coaches being interviewed, but that's neither here nor there. It doesn't matter. And he says, look, every time I get interviewed, something bad happens to my team. Well, that's what happened. I guess it was a ball that dropped in for a hit or something like that. So he took off his headset and said, hey, I'm, I'm done. Well, baseball guys are superstitious. Uh, all right, welcome back in the opening kickoff. Mark and Lee right here on the Sports Station WNSP. You don't normally see that, though, in a college baseball. First of all, you don't normally see coaches being interviewed because there aren't that many games televised. But he just he said, I'm done with you guys. They did get beat, by the way, on a walk-off home run. All right, let's switch gears. Faith Academy has a new basketball coach. His name is Joey Nieves. And he's on the line with us right now. Joey, welcome to the show. Good morning. How are you today? Hey, I'm doing well. Good morning, Mark and Lee. Happy to be on your show today. Great to have you on. Uh, you're based in Florida, not too far down the road, but you're based in Florida. What got you interested in the Faith Academy job, and how did this come about? Well, I, honestly, I didn't see it coming. Um, my plan was to stay at the school I was at, but um, Coach Robinson, who's the middle school coach at Faith, um, went about looking for the next basketball coach, and, and someone dropped my name in a hat, and they reached out to me, and, you know, God took it from there. 
So you were coaching, and this is where I, I was a little puzzled. You did explain it to me, but you can explain it to our audience here in Mobile. What is the LEAD school? What's that stand for? Yes, sir. It's, a set, it's an acronym for Leadership, Enthusiasm, Attitude, and Discipline. And you're located where? Pace, Florida. And is this uh, a just talk about that. You were the coach of this team. Can you just tell us about this, this school and how you did there? Yes, sir. Um, I, I relocated to Pace from Central Florida four years ago when Mr. Frank Lay, our head of school, asked me to come and, and, and be the first athletic director of the school and, and start athletics from scratch. I was also named a boys basketball coach. So I, I was able to see the bas boys basketball program from birth um, in year one, um, just starting off, you know, with pole bar, we didn't have a gym. We we finished the season five and twenty. Year two, we went eight and thirteen. Eleven of those losses were by ten points or less, so we competed a lot better. And year three, we went twenty-seven and two. And um, as we were in the process of transitioning into a Florida High School Athletic Association school, I toughened up that schedule. The schedule in year four. And we play some tough schools. We, we play some 6A, 5A schools. So, Coach, the big question is how are you going to uh, transition to a, a state that doesn't have a shot clock? <laughs> um, well, we, we um, it, it'll be a fine transition. Um, Faith is, it has such a rich tradition in, in athletics as itself. It's a great school. So, I mean, I don't see that transition being too tough. So, did you like playing with a shot clock? It's been a hot topic of debate in basketball circles in this state for a long time. No one's really pulled the trigger on it. It's probably coming at some point, but how different is the game uh, on the high school level if you're dealing with a shot clock? Well, honestly, I didn't, I didn't see much of a difference. I, I've been able to coach with a shot clock and without a shot clock. Um, the only difference uh, I saw was towards the end of game situation where you know you just can't hold on to the ball right, right. with a big lead. You, you still have to execute some plays, you know, and try to score. But overall, I, I truly enjoyed playing with a, a shot clock. Well, coach, yeah. Hey, let me ask you this, Joey. I, I talked to Woody Head, the athletic director, and he told me that one of the things that really impressed him about you was your enthusiasm okay now what are we are we talking about uh, during games enthusiasm during games are you very boisterous so what how do you describe yourself <laughs> i think that's just me in general i'm enthusiastic about everything i do um I, I find it a blessing to do what i do on a daily basis so i try to come in there with high energy with good energy and you know there might be people around me with with having a bad day and i just try to brighten up the day whichever way i can do you think you bring more energy and enthusiasm to interviews than maybe jack french the football coach <laughs> well listen i i, I don't I, I still haven't met jack french but i'll tell you this much the guy has over 300 wins so i'm gonna be a fly on the wall any chance i get to learn from that guy well coach congratulations man we look forward to having you on again real soon and uh, we'll be in touch all right, thank you very much, fellas. Absolutely, that's new faith basketball coach. How about that? Um, all right, so guys, uh, we're coming to the end of this whole nappy voting thing, right? We got three nominations here on the opening kickoff. The station has seven. We encourage you to vote. Vote your heart. But if you were 
to say vote for the opening kickoff. How would we, Nick, do you think, what would be the proper way of thanking our listeners for voting for the opening kickoff? Well, if you remember back in fall, we were making weekly little short films, right, with you guys on the bus, fighting Thanos, Darth Vader, riding with Vin Diesel and the Fast and Furious gang, Transformers, all that. So when you win a nappy, you have to submit a video. Um, You know, it's like a thanks that you win. Sure. And look, people, (laughs) I'm kind of a go-getter in that way. So, if you want to see a high-quality, high-budget, action, romance, short film starring Mark and Lee, then you have to vote for us. Because if you don't vote for us, then we can't make the video, and I have no reason to. So, if you want to see the craziest, weirdest, funniest video... Starring Mark Heim and Lee Trevanian. Uh, we might even get some this. cameos from uh, maybe like a Richie Riley, maybe a Paul Feinbaum. We can work all these people in. But the only way that we can do it is if you vote for us. How come my uh, movie career, TV career never took off all the time I spent doing those things? Nothing ever happened. You said you were going to submit it. There was a chance that. Maybe yeah. Hollywood would come calling. I never heard from anybody. I was on the phone with uh, Paramount and Universal, and they said, look, this resume is good, but get that nappy, yeah. make this next film, and then we'll really see what we can hey, look, do. So that's I, why we need people to vote. I'd even be happy with Tubi, or what is it, Turby? <laughs> or Freezy? Tubi put him on uh, Quibi. Yeah. Freezy, Quibi. I think they tried to call you, but you were in that phase where you were transitioning from phone. one phone to the mm-hmm. other. So we've already got some ideas. People want to see a pie of the face to you and me if we win. Key lime. What would you want? Well, which one do you hate the most? Just a hot apple oh. pie. <laughs> pumpkin. All right. He gets a pumpkin pie then. I'll get out. Yeah. What you, what, okay. Well, what do you get? Um, I want something that's going to – I'm going to get you like a, one of those – Chicken those, pot pie. No, oh, God. That's <laughs> even worse. We'll get something like that. It'll spray all that. Uh, was it the raspberry, a blueberry pie? Do you like that? No. Uh, good. That's what you're getting. Okay. Then. Okay. And then that. No, you don't. Uh, someone said. David up. said, "Put Lee in a dunk booth." That's not going to happen. What if we don't fill it with water? What, what if, if we, we put? You know how, like back in the day at circuses, they'd put, they'd shoot someone out of a cannon. Yeah. Oh, I got a shot. Good one Lee out Mark. of a cannon. Shoot an apple <laughs> off Mark's head with an arrow. How about that? Someone said we should throw Chick-fil-A gift cards out of a helicopter over downtown. <laughs> well, look, if y'all want that, if you want these things to become a reality, you've got to vote. Now, Nick, uh, Drew did say that Nick's rap about Lee already has him leaning to the opening kickoff with his vote. Now, Drew, I will have you. No leaning. Yeah, what are you talking about leaning? You should have done voted 10 times already. We should have been voting for weeks here. <laughs> Lee at Pump It Up. At the little, uh, right there, that little uh, the bouncy yeah, house. Yeah, the little bouncy house. Look, we can do all these things, people. You just gotta vote. Look, you know how when you go and vote during a presidential election, you gotta post your little sticker yeah. to show that you did it. I implore you all to post your screenshot of your vote because that'll lead other people to want to join the club and vote as well. We so should if have you vote a today. Po- post it in the app. We should vote. Uh, we should have a block party right here on Dolphin Dunk Other Street. Get a little. We get a dunking booth. We can move Lee from the dunking booth to the bounce house. 
Right. We do the little pie stand. We, we knock it, all, it like, all. Like a little carnival. <laughs> and then and then at the end, he can go all LeBron with with Chick Fil A, right? And just kind of throw them up in the air, like you. We, we can make all your dreams come true. All you got to do is vote opening kickoff. We're nominated for three categories. Here's what you got to do. Do not put in the app any idea that you have unless attached with that idea is a screenshot of your vote. If you put the screenshot of your vote and then write what idea you have, I will write it down and log it. And then if we win, there might be a chance that we do it. <laughs> but until you show that you voted... Doesn't mean anything. Like, don't they say, like, you can't comment on the government or the president if you didn't vote? vote. Yeah. Yeah. That's what this is. Or you can't win the lottery unless you purchase a ticket. That's right. Exactly. Someone suggests that we drive by egging maybe some of our competition's house. Who's to say we haven't done that already? That's why I mentioned it. (laughs) thought it was interesting. Uh, Okay, so we have some ideas to work with, but... You know, we did this whole vote nappies thing, and we still have one more chapter of our three uh, of our three sports. So we we took basketball, we let them do cornhole to you know so that we could garner a little drama here. Right. I mean, who wants to see a a, a sweep? Nobody wants to see that. No, no. So um, tight saying he'll take a PS five for a vote. <laughs> <laughs> Wow. All right, let's do this. We come back. Uh, we'll open up the phones for you guys. You guys can pitch your your uh, your ideas if you want. Six nine four one zero five five. Also got some uh, some opening season odds in college football. Those uh, opening season games for both Alabama and Auburn. They may have a lot of. There might be a lot of uncertainty at both Alabama and Auburn uh, this year. Quarterbacks, new coordinators, new coaches, whatever. Doesn't seem to be impacting the, the, the first line. Although that Alabama-Texas line is already out. We'll the, only, the only real good one for that first weekend is the Sunday game with uh, LSU and Florida State. We'll get to them. Uh, continue with your comments in the app. Always entertaining stuff right here on the sports station. WNSP and WNSP.com. This is Mayor Sandy Stimson. You're listening to Sports Radio 105.5 FM WNSP. Hey, folks, it's President Joe Biden. I just want to congratulate everybody at the opening kickoff on being nominated for a nappy. Whenever it's time for me to get a nappy, that's when Joe has some warm milk ready for me by my bed at about 4.30 p.m. Joe gets it. Joe, by the way, throwing a little uh, shade at uh, DeSantis yesterday. Did you see that on Twitter? So apparently Twitter spaces uh, was crashing or whatever when DeSantis and uh, Elon Musk were trying to do this whole, like, presidential campaign thing. So he, dude, Joe Biden or whoever works his Twitter account actually sent out a tweet saying this link works, and it was a link to his campaign. It was actually really well played. So my guess is it wasn't him. But either way. Whether it's him or not, take those words seriously, people. Yeah, Both I the heard that was an epic fail with the Ron DeSantis, Elon Musk thing. Yeah, it was. It didn't go well. Hey, Lee. want to congratulate our Team of the Day Bachelor Service. They've been in the air conditioning needs right here in Mobile and Baldwin County for over 50 years now. So when you hear numbers like that, 
to stay in business that long, you must be doing something right, and they are. Give Rick True a call. Uh, he's kind of the CEO. He runs the ship there at 476-4321, or you can visit them at bachelorservice.com. And when you check some of the boxes as to why they're doing so well and what they offer, plumbing services for the home, well, that's pretty neat too. How about a full complement of air purification products? How about generators in stock? This is all at Bachelor Service, our team of the day. They offer energy savings maintenance agreements for heating and air conditioning and generators. And right now, and you've heard us talk about this continually, the ongoing $79 per system tune-up special. You can't beat it. They offer the Daikin Comfort Pro offering, the Daikin line of air conditioning equipment with the most state-of-the-art technology available in the industry. So uh, congratulations to Bachelor Service for all the things you've done for the last 50 years and also for being our team of the day. All right, guys, you all can jump in at 694-1055. That's the number. You know, we've been you know, dealing with a lot of issues today, including um, it's compens- compensation is not the right word. Reward. For making the right decision in the in the vote nappies, as as this is the last week, right? You got it. You got you, know, you got three days. Three days, man. So just think of this: if we can get everyone who's listening right now, everybody, pull out your phone right now. Lee, Lee, Lee didn't grab his phone. Have you been voting, Nick? Every day from all three of my email accounts. <laughs> 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 All right. So would Ben Roethlisberger use your work email? Lee, would Ben Roethlisberger be voting for himself, or would he be voting for one of his teammates here Mm. in the nappies? Well, based on based on what we got from that uh, podcast earlier this week, probably on himself. Hmm. Would you sound like he's uh, do what now? Here's a question for you: If Corey and Michael were to win the nappy, them being the newcomers. Would you feel a little salty? No, not at all. In fact, uh, if you remember when John Ricchetti won it, I congratulated him on the air. On the air? Yes. Don't you remember when he I came d- on? I, d- I do. Yeah, I congratulated him, and uh, I was probably the first one to do that publicly. Hmm. But privately? Oh, just of course. I'm <laughs> very happy for Johnny. You know that. Hey, you mentioned about the uh, point spreads for that first weekend. Yeah. And I mentioned uh, LSU Florida State. That's going to be on a Sunday. That's that's going to be the game I think that generates the most interest. But I should also point out there's another game that Saturday. As far as when we talk about a, a close gap between two teams, the South Carolina North Carolina game. And I think what has the interest there is the quarterbacks, Drake May and you know Spencer Rattler, two really, really good quarterbacks or two possible uh, names that you'll hear during the year for the Heisman. But some of the other games are just total – it's just not a great weekend. you know. It rarely is. It rarely is. Yeah, but usually like – I don't know. In the past, it seemed like either Auburn or Alabama might have a really good matchup, but not this, not this coming fall. Alabama plays Middle Tennessee State, which probably, I say probably, could be a better game than Auburn and the University of Massachusetts. But um, the only games really that draw attention, the Carolina game, LSU on Sunday, and I guess, but I'm not sure, Florida-Utah. So those of you that want some spreads, Auburn is a 39.5-point favorite 
Uh, this is according to DraftKings. 39.5-point favorite over UMass. And Alabama is a 37-point favorite over Middle Tennessee. Now, for those that are curious about the following week, things get a little bit more interesting because Texas comes to town. Right now, Alabama is a seven-point home favorite to the Longhorns. Seems small. It does considering, uh, well, I, I guess if you consider what happened last year in Austin and how close that game was, I guess it makes sense. Um I think, the, as you pointed out, the word uncertainty, though, around Alabama with the new coordinators, the fact that they haven't named it. There isn't not a named quarterback in there yet. So, yes, it's home, a home field advantage, so that certainly weighs into the point spread. But uh, And then the fact that the game was so close last year and Alabama had Bryce Young, which they don't this year. So I could understand that. You know what? That's, that's today. It could change when we get to August. They could go up or down. Who knows? Speaking of, by the way, you know, it's a real interesting line uh, in that first week. Um, South Alabama is at Tulane. Tulane, the six and a half point favorite, but the Jags go on the road. Uh, and as you know, Tulane had an unbelievable year last year, but uh, that could be one of the more competitive games uh, of the of the week there in week, whatever that is, zero or one. Yeah, South Alabama with many, most of their players returning from last year's squad that you pointed out went 10-2, and two, and Tulane had a, a really, really good year, too. Yeah, I agree with you. That's a, it's a, Do they have a time on that game yet, or is it way too early uh, for that? I think it's way too early for okay. that. Okay, and they'll play it at Tulane's new stadium, right? They're not, they don't go to a, a big, nah, bigger venue. That is a TBA, or TBD, if you're one of those people. Uh, all right, so coming up, uh, Ross Jackson at 7 o'clock, Eli Gold at 7.30, Turner Ward at 8 o'clock, and uh, Justin Ferguson on Auburn at 8.30. Uh, spent a little time. Ben Roethlisberger, I don't know if you took exception. You just thought it was interesting that Ben Roethlisberger was asked about Kenny Pickett, and he, he said, although he admitted he shouldn't have or shouldn't say it, but he was not rooting for Kenny Pickett. Then why say it? And and again, I it's not like I'm coming down hard on Roethlisberger. It's just I don't understand why you would say something like that. He's a he's a not a teammate, of course, because Roethlisberger's not on the team anymore. But you're a life lifelong Steeler fan. It's not like he's playing for the Cleveland Browns or one of your rivals. He was in his rookie year, and Roethlisberger, we know, you know, he went through all that too. Why would you say you're rooting against him? He's not competing for your job. Now, we know, and I agree, you know, there's a lot of people out there that probably in a position where you're the quarterback and a backup or any other field that you're not rooting for them, but you're not going to come out and say it. You, you, I, I wouldn't think. I haven't seen that. But for him to come out and actually say that, and then, of course, Kenny Pickett came back and said, look, I'm not offended by it, but I bet he was. Well, at least Roethlisberger's being more genuine than Pickett then, right? I mean, Roethlisberger said exactly how he felt, even though he, he prefaced it by saying, I shouldn't be saying this. Pickett, you just said, uh, said the right things, but probably didn't really mean it. It's like these guys that have their records broken. 
man they're competitors they're always competing they're always they're always imagining or coming up with these these challenges so that they can stay motivated these guys that have won these and had these records and you got to go out there and follow the other guy around until he breaks it they don't want to be doing that man that's their record well, what is the what is the motivation uh, to say or the incentive to say something like that when you're you're a longtime stealer you had a tremendous career with them, a very good career with them and yet you're saying you're hoping the guy doesn't do well. Why? I didn't really read into it because it kind of turned me off. But why? What? What is there that would come out of that that you wouldn't want him to succeed and I, be the I, team my, to victory? My guess is that he wants people saying, "Man, we went, we missed Ben Roethlisberger. Roethlisberger was great. He was incredible. He encompassed everything we we wanted in a quarterback. We missed Ben." That would be my guess. See, none of the quarterbacks who have come in, you know, he got Pickett got a chance to play because nobody else has been able to get the job done. Uh, and, you know, I think Roethlisberger, didn't he start eventually as a, a rookie and, and did very, very well? But I would just think he'd want to see the, the team do well and, and especially the quarterback come in and, and keep doing well for the uh, Steelers, a, a storied franchise. There will always be – go ahead, Nick. I'm sorry. I was going to say somebody that is doing well, user 12254 in the app, dropping that they voted for the opening kickoff. Wanted to go ahead and uh, commend you by name. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I know your family and friends are really stoked that your name just got mentioned <laughs> on the radio. Him, I know him. <laughs> hey, Ross Jackson's next. Here comes hour number two. It's the opening kickoff. is the opening kickoff on the country's first FM all-sports radio station, 105.5 FM WNSP and WNSP.com. The latest sports, news, traffic, weather, and timely guests with Mark Heim and Lee Shermanian. The opening kickoff. 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 Here are Mark and Lee. All right, 702. Here's what we're doing because the... The listener in the app has sparked an idea for us. So, if you grab a, if you get a screen grab of your voting for the opening kickoff for the Nappies and put it in the app, you can we will give you a shout out. Whatever you want us to say, put it in the app with your with your uh, screen grab. We will say it on the air. If you want to give us you want us to give you a shout out, maybe you want to give you a shout out to something else, maybe you want us just to say something ridiculous. Nothing that's going to get us fired, of course. If you want us to, uh, maybe you want us to, to, to give you a, give us a tongue twister. Whatever it is you want us to say on the air, we will do it. All you have to do is, uh, is screen grab the nappy vote. And we're nominated for three categories. Yes. Yeah, three chances. So if you want me to say that I hate LeBron and love Michael Jordan, if you want Lee to say, Joe Namath, never heard of him. <laughs> <laughs> Up to you. Whatever you need, that's what we'll do. Because that's what we do on the opening kickoff. We're the people's show. Yeah, that's a good point. We do. we the show of the people. In fact, that's what opening kickoff stands for. You were talking about what WNSP stands for? There you go. That's exactly what it is. All right, uh, some other stuff we've been talking about. We mentioned the uh, the lines for uh, some early season kickoff uh, college football. UMass and Auburn. Auburn, 39.5-point favorite at home. Alabama's 37. 
And uh, the next week is even more interesting. Uh, Alabama, a seven-point favorite at home against uh, the Texas Longhorns. So we talked a little bit about that in hour number one. And, of course, uh, we want to hear from you guys throughout the course of our show today, 694-1055. Uh, Eli Gold will be along at 730 uh, this hour. Some of the uh, headlines from last night uh, in the National Hockey League, uh, one of the two teams that will be in the Stanley Cup Finals, the Florida Panthers, based down there in Miami. They swept Carolina. And tonight, speaking about uh, teams in Miami, the Miami Heat will try to finish off the Celtics in Game 5 at the SEC Baseball Tournament. Both Alabama and Auburn lost, which means they'll meet in a elimination game in the second game today at Hoover. Let's talk some uh, NFL football now with Ross Jackson of Crescent City Sports. Ross, welcome to our opening kickoff. Good morning. How are you today? Hey, buddy. I'm doing great. Doing great. Glad to be here with you. From the NFL meetings this week, what did you come away with? Uh, a couple of big rule changes. The 3QB rule is back, so teams can carry an active uh, third emergency quarterback that won't count against their 46-man game day roster, which that 46-man game day roster is kind of the equalizer for injuries and things like that for teams as they go in game to game. Um, and so that will mean that, you know, the Saints, if they would like, uh, would be able to carry, let's say, Jake Hayner on their 53-man roster, but then also have him available if, let's say, Derek Carr and Jameis Winston were to suffer injuries. They would have an emergency quarterback to turn to as opposed to going to Alvin Kamara at quarterback, for instance. So that was a big move uh, by the NFL. Uh, they also passed on a trial basis to I think more concerning rules, um, the ability to flex Thursday night football games weeks 13 through 17 with 28 day notice and a maximum of two of those games to be flexed every season. We'll see if that happens at all, but I could see that creating some logistics for traveling fans who are going to go see their team play um, in away games for those four weeks or excuse me, for those five weeks. Uh, and then the fair catch rule for um you know, kickoffs that will allow you to call a fair catch from anywhere within the 25-yard line and have the ball advance to the 25-yard line, the same as a, uh, a touchback. The rule exists already in college football. Um, NFL special teams coordinators were vehemently against this, almost unanimously against this, and the uh, NFL competition committee was for it. Owners passed it, and so we'll see how that ends up impacting the special teams game uh, here in 2023 for the NFL. Do you find it hypocritical that the NFL comes out and blatantly says we're going to kind of go with the college uh, kickoff rule because we want to cut down on injuries and concussions, yet they have no problem with these Thursday night games and now with the flex schedule? Yeah, absolutely. I think that it goes to show you just the further inconsistency of the NFL. This this isn't new. This isn't surprising. This is what the NFL always does. Well, you know, we're all about player safety, and we really want to cut down on the injuries as long as it doesn't cost us any money. And so if there's opportunity to make money, like the additional, you know, having – you know, teams be able to play more than one Thursday night football game, which allows you to get better games on Thursday night football. Flexing Thursday night football games allows you to get better matchups on Thursday night football as well. It just goes to show you that the NFL is really, it goes to show you what the NFL is really all about. And player safety is unfortunately not at the top of the list. You know, to that point, I just feel like, you know, y'all, you hear the expression, uh, say what you mean and mean what you say. Well, the NFL rarely does. Right. And that's a great example mm -hmm. of that. The other example is this whole kickoff rule. Like, um, they just want to get rid of kickoffs, so just get rid of kickoffs, right? So we're playing yeah. this game where it's like uh, we're going to move it back or we're going to move it up, and so now we're pooching it inside the 20 because, you know, 
NFL coaches and players aren't stupid. They're looking for advantages. And now the NFL is like, well, you can fair catch it now to eliminate that. It's like we're playing this cat and mouse game. Just tell us what you want to do and do it, and let's just be done with it. Yeah, absolutely. And if you're really that worried about player safety and want to make this about player safety, then also require teams that play on turf fields to have the absolute highest grade turf that's available out there sure. or find a way to do, you know, natural grass fields. Like, go where the root of your issue uh, is not necessarily on the, these kickoffs because yeah. kickoff injuries have already been, um, you know, severely curved in a really good way that, you know, in, in rules that don't impede the game, this is a rule to me that impedes the game and, and takes some skill out of the game. Um, and you, you know, kind of creates a little bit less of the sort of chess match that used to be in special teams, particularly on kickoffs. And so, you know, if you really want to care so much about um, care so much about player safety, then do the thing that's going to actually impact player safety. But unfortunately, requiring teams to have the you know highest grade field turf cost owners money. The owners are the ones that vote on these uh, on these rules at these meetings. And so, there you go. The cycle continues. Why is all the attention on kickoff returns and not punt returns? I think um, the, the, the kickoff return situation is one that creates so many high-speed uh, high sort of collisions. Punt returns, things are kind of tapered off. There's, you know, more space and, and, and sort of, you know, there's a larger perimeter to work with and things like that. A lot of contact is met at the initial line of scrimmage. So that's why you see a lot of the changes with kickoffs being about, you know, the, you know when, you can, when you can actually engage in another player, when you can, you know, how far away players are lined up, things like that. So I think that the old way that kickoffs were, you saw a lot more of those high-speed collisions. You still see so many um, in punt returns just because of the nature of the alignment. And so I think that some of the alignment and timing things that the NFL has done to clean up kickoff has been beneficial without taking skill out of the game. But this move is one that takes skill out of the game. So do you get the sense that the NFL looks at these other sp these spring leagues? And for a long time, even college football is kind of the redheaded stepchild. Like there's no way we're going to endorse any of those rules. We're the NFL. We're going to come up with our own way. It, do you get that sense? Because there are some alternatives to kickoffs and stuff that are being experimented with and, and, and appear to have had some success. Yeah, again, you can follow the money, right? Um, it depends on what it is. If it is a – if you look at some of the spring leagues, I mean, you think about the Sky Cam. The Sky Cam came from the XFL. The XFL yeah. was the first league to do the Sky Cam. But the NFL really liked that, and all of a sudden it boosts their production value. It boosts their, you know, their production ability, things like that. And, and so they took that one for one. But things like the Sky Judge, things like reviews on, you know, uh, on certain plays, the alternatives to kickoffs, the alternatives to onside kicks, those are all things that the NFL says, no, 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 we're too good for that. Uh, but they're never really too good to step in and maybe grab a little something that will bring in a little bit extra cash. Ross Jackson, our guest from uh, Crescent City Sports, and I was looking at your website and the stories that are coming out. And there's a headline, uh, Foster Moreau makes, and it's got parentheses, miraculous debut with the Saints. Do you want to explain that? Yeah, I mean, this is just a, an incredible story. You know, you, you don't have to go back very far. Um, you know, May 22nd, or excuse me, March 22nd is when most of the stories were published around Foster Moreau and his Hodgkin's lymphoma diagnosis, which he put out himself. Uh, on Twitter, and that, that Hodgkin's lymphoma diagnosis took place at the New Orleans Saints training facility during a physical while he was on a visit with the team. 
Less than a month later in April, he was back to finish that visit, and then less than two or just over two months uh, since that diagnosis, he was on a football field, not only not only uh, you know present, but participating in team drills, participating in individual drills, running routes, catching catching passes from his former, now again current teammate and quarterback Derek Carr. Uh, as a New Orleans Saint, uh, he signed that contract, and I think it's just a remarkable recovery that we've seen him make. You know, he he downplays it a lot. He'll tell you that the the real heroes are the the children that are in the children's hospital fighting cancer and all that. And I can really understand where he's coming from, but man, I mean, for him to have made this sort of turnaround and for him to be in the situation that he's in, to where he physically hasn't really taken, you know, uh, as he explains it, his quality of life hasn't changed. He physically hasn't changed. Muscular, he hasn't changed because he had this sort of, you know, specific type of um, cell or specific type of, you know, situation going on with his Hodgkin lymphoma that allowed him to be able to treat it without radiation and without chemotherapy. And instead, it's just kind of something he'll manage. Uh, you know, he called it a life sentence, which is which definitely takes a toll mentally to understand what you're you're playing with there. But to see him out on that football, overcoming that and overcoming those hurdles and being out there just over two months after the diagnosis is uh, pretty, pretty remarkable. And when he was asked, is there any concern that physically you'll be able to make it through your entire 2023 season? He said, not announced. So um, seems that expectations uh, as well as confidence in his uh, ability to perform in 2023 are very high. Have you had a chance to go out and watch OTAs with the Saints yet? Yeah, we were out there on, uh, on Tuesday. What'd you see? Yeah, I mean, I, I think you know, there's a plethora of things, but I think the most important thing to start off with is the leadership skill of, of Derek Carr. That was the probably the second biggest thing that we wanted to see when we were out there, uh, the first being is Foster Moreau there, right, continuing to follow that incredible story. Uh, but, you know, Derek Carr, he, he came in to his introductory press conference and was very kind of clear about what his leadership style was and holding people accountable, holding himself accountable, but then also being respectful of the defensive leaders that are there, named, naming guys like Cam Jordan, Tyron Matthew, Demario Davis, and others. Um, you know, he, he was out there on the field, and when he spoke, everyone listened, and he got in and out of breaks, got in and out of huddles really, you know, really cleanly. and. You know, learning the play calls and transitioning that language, you don't necessarily expect it to be the case during OTAs. You, you, you expect to see some, you know, fumble, you know not, not literal fumbles, but I guess verbal fumbles here and there and things that kind of, you know, throw you for a loop and all. There was a point where he was waiting to get the call in his headset uh, in his uh, in his helmet, and then he realized, oh, no, I have to go to I, – I got to go to Pete Carmichael and actually talk to him here. So I got to go and do that. And so, you know, there's just kind of these little things that, you know, are, are, are little shifts and changes for him. But, uh, you know, it's very clear that the things have improved at the quarterback position. They have a quarterback now that can go to the line of scrimmage and call protections and be the guy that makes those decisions. They could change plays at the line of scrimmage. They can see where pressure is coming from, all those things that they struggled with over the course of the past couple of seasons. They're in a much better place um, at this point in the season at OTAs. Now, it's still just OTAs. We have to see what happens by the time they hit the field. But at, at, compared to last year at this point, they're in a better place this year at this point. Hey, Ross, we really do always appreciate you jumping aboard. Tell folks how they can continue to follow your coverage of the Saints. Yeah, absolutely. No, always a pleasure to be here with you guys. Uh, you can find me uh, on Twitter at Ross Jackson, NOLA, N-O-L-A, host of Locked on Saints podcast, which you can find on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts every single Monday through Friday. Just search Locked on Saints. You can find all the written work, of course, over at CrescentCitySports.com as well as Saints.media or SI.com slash NFL. Hey, have a great weekend, man. We'll be in touch.
back at you guys. Appreciate you. Take care, stay safe, and I'll talk to you soon. Sounds good. That's Ross Jackson, ladies and gentlemen. Um, you guys are you guys are voting. So those of you that are voting can now put in the app. What is it that you want any one of the three of us to say on the air? We are willing to say whatever. I don't know if Lee is, but we'll find out. Test him. Without, there are limits. We can't get fired, of course. Unless, of course, that's your overall goal. But you know, I, I can't imagine that is if you're voting for us. But put it in the app. Put a screen grab of your vote for the nappies in the app, and then you will be granted one wish per vote for us to say whatever it is you want us to say on the air. Maybe maybe it's a shout-out. Maybe maybe someone's having a birthday. Maybe your kid's in the car. It's Apparently, it's the last day of school for Mobile County. I don't know. Maybe, you, like you said, maybe you want Nick to, to go on and on about what a terrible player LeBron James is. Right. Or maybe maybe you want him to say how great the Saints are. Ooh, maybe I'll go vote. And look, you only have today and tomorrow. Yeah. Then it's over. That's it. Yep. Don't live your life with regrets. Rock the vote. Wasn't that wasn't right. that a thing back in the day? Yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> All right, here comes your scoreboard, your traffic, and your weather. And uh, because Lee is wants your vote. Chick-fil-A coming up next. Just a little something-something just to say thank you for all Any your Any other shows that are nominated giving out Chick-fil-A every single day? Nope. They're just, they're just throwing links out there, man. No, not us. Not us. If you have ever tasted the wonderful flavors of Truett Cathy's chicken sandwich recipe, courtesy of Lee Shervanian, you owe him a vote. Oh, but you see Brendan there getting smart in the app. You might have to come back and make an announcement. Oh, that's uh, oh good. <laughs> I see what he did there. He's whipping him votes. I like that's it. That's right. Little free, free pub. The opening kickoff right here on the sports station, WNSP. Hey, this is AJ McCarron, and you're listening to WNSP. Chick-fil-A. I could eat there seven times a day Where the people laugh and children play Oh, I'm in love with Chick-fil-A All right, here we go. Because Lee is a fan of you guys out there, he's giving you a chance for a little Chick-fil-A. You know, there's so much talk now about the Oakland A's moving to Las Vegas. Uh, there's talks un- underway. Uh, They've apparently come up with a site but lost in all of this is the fact that the Oakland A's right now are one of the worst baseball teams in in all of Major League Baseball not just this year but in any year through the first 50 games they were 10 and 40 name the last yeah name the last team Major League team and it goes back a ways that got off to such a horrendous start at 10 and 40, and by the way, the A's lost again last night, so they're actually 10 and 41. But for Chick-fil-A, name the team, the last major league team that got off to such an awful start at 10 and 40. All right, and while we're doing that, Brent has been gracious enough to vote for us in the nappies in the app and 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 show us and give us proof. So he would like us to say the following. Now, please, everyone, vote for Max Fresh Produce. Shout out for their Memorial Day sale at Max. 
They got Koneka sausage, two for $9. That's what Brent wanted us to say. Brent, done. See how this works? It's that simple. Now, we also have somebody that suggests that um, you and I do the morning show up on one of the billboards on the intersection of airport and Azalea to, to prove that we are worthy of their votes. I will say that that was done once here at WNSP a while back. I do believe, however, there's some insurance hurdles that would probably wouldn't be cleared in this day and age. Uh, I'd be down with it. I don't know if we can make that happen. We could do a show from the roof of the studio. We could. You ever been up there? I've never been up there. It's like the perfect spot for one of those final scenes in the Fast and Furious where they're all having a corona and like a little family get together. That's what yeah. it looks like up there. Yeah. La familia. Salud, mi familia. All right. Uh, Brent thanked me. And, sir, allow me to thank you for your vote. And so we will do this. Or are we just going to do this for the next day and a half now? We'll just. That's all we got. It's what we're doing. Drop your votes, screenshot, prove that you voted, three categories, and tell us what you want us to say. We can say happy birthday. If you want us to, like, break up with your ex for you, you can tell her to tune to 105.5. We'll say, hey, man, John, uh, he's, he's done. <laughs> it's time to move on. All right, coming up at 7.30, we're going to talk to the voice of the Crimson Tide. Eli Gold is going to join us. Uh, and then turn a ward at 8 o'clock on base, some baseball and Justin Ferguson at 8.30. So uh, we got plenty of show left for you. And uh, we encourage you to join the festivities here at WNSP. You want to do the show up on the roof? No. What if we took the equipment up there and you did it from down here? Even better. Oh, okay. All right. I think it'd be fun. It'd be a lot warmer out there, that's for sure. What about all the uh, gas fumes from the cars going by? How could you... Uh, would that no bother you? No. See, I did a no, show... No, the fumes out there that, I, that I'm worried about are not from automobiles, I can assure you. <laughs> well, having done a show close to I-65 one time, it can be nauseating. Okay. Well, Dolphin and Don't Go Out There Street... Oh, I'm sorry. I, th I thought you meant the billboard. No, no, we're, we're talking about. Oh, the I room. have no problem. Yeah, that'd be fine. You know, Corona, yeah, that's Fast fine. and Furious. Yeah, that'd be fine. Dom Toretto and the family. I'm it sorry. I thought really you meant nice the billboard on Airport Boulevard with all that traffic. All right, Eli Gold is next, right here on the Sports Station WNSP. center field rose trying to run it down this ball is out of here and bt has just walked it off all right it's 732 lee you just got a vote jeremy in the app he wants you to say you know what he wants you to say can you it's perfect since there, that's there, there's that lead in will you say it for jeremy please sir 
All right, Jeremy, baseball is a terrible sport now because of what they've done to pitching. The fact that nobody pitches very long and they've used all these arms in a game and you get like eight pitchers in a two-to-one game. I'll go that far with you. Uh, right. Okay, so right? Jeremy, right? to be technical, he said exactly what he what you wanted him to say. He just threw a little something, That's something right. on at the end. I amplified it. So there That you was go. the uh, walk-off home run for Florida last night after Alabama scored three runs in the 11th and then Florida comes back. Talking about Alabama, and uh, thanks to Dex Imaging, we get Eli Gold, the voice of the Crimson Tide. Good morning, sir. How are you today? I am well. Good morning. How are you guys doing? Good. Have you ever, uh, and I'm sure I'm guessing you have, but have you broadcast a, a baseball game with a walk-off home run such as we saw last yes. night? Yeah, I've broadcast some. I've watched some. Uh, I, I was at the Yankees uh, Oakland A's when uh, Scudero walked off against the New York Yankees. So, yeah, I've I've done, watched, and seen my share of those. I sure have. Yeah, that's a heartbreak, too, because they score Crimson Tide 11, uh, three runs in the 11th inning, and then you see Florida come back with four to win that game but still it's been an incredible year for Alabama and I know you followed it you know with the firing of the coach and then since then this team has caught fire yeah it really is very uh, it's interesting you know and we've seen that uh, we've seen it time again you know sometimes a team will you know something somebody will get hurt next thing you know they, they, they can't do anything wrong so uh you know, that's one of those things that makes sports great. Uh, you don't know why. You don't know how. It just happens. Let me ask you this. Uh, uh, Alabama is also hosting softball in the Super Regionals. Have you done softball games? I have. I've done a number of Bama softball games over the years. Haven't done any this year, obviously, or last year. But, yes, I've, I've done a number of them. I sure have. Uh, Mark pointed out that when you broadcast, and we are certainly hoping you'll be in the broadcast booth for Alabama and Middle Tennessee, that the tide right now is at 30, is it 37 and a half? Or it's 37. 37. 37 over Middle Tennessee, just to let you know. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. <laughs> yeah. It's, it, it's, you know, it is one of those things. Bama should be heavily favored, but, uh, you know, you just never know. But um, I, I like their chances. I certainly do. Well, you know, not, not, to, not to put the cart before the horse now. I know Coach Saban wouldn't want to hear this, but the following week, they're only a seven-point favorite when they host Texas, Eli. Just, just throwing it out there. You know, you just never know. But um, I, I like the fact that the game is being played in Tuscaloosa, certainly. And, um, you know, you, you do the best you can. But, uh, yeah, take it one week at a time. You're right. Uh, <laughs> yeah. You know, just because, uh, just because Nick Saban went and visited uh, Rome doesn't mean he's come back as a uh, as a ch changed man. He still doesn't want to uh, uh, look ahead. That's for sure. Eli, next week, of course, uh, looking forward to the SEC spring meetings. And at that time, we think, we're not positive, of course, but we think that the scheduling format for down the road when Texas and Oklahoma come in, if they yeah. if they go, this is just going to be from you now, not what you think might happen, uh, but from your perspective, if they go to the nine-team format with three permanent opponents, what three would you like to see on the Alabama schedule? Well, um, who I would like yeah, just from and your who I think it'll be are two totally different things. 
you know, I'd like it to be three weak, weak sisters, and, uh, you know, that would obviously play very well for Alabama. But realistically, I expect it'll be uh, Tennessee and Auburn, certainly those two. Uh, I don't know uh, who the third one will definitively be, but, uh, you know, it could well be LSU because there have been great, uh, you know, great rivalry games there. Uh, what are you thinking? Who do you think it'll be? Well, I think it's obviously going to be Auburn and Tennessee, I think. And I, the way things have been uh, talked about, uh, perhaps LSU. But i got to ask you, though, you know, from a broadcasting standpoint, though, don't you get look forward more to games that are more competitive, like, you know, games that uh, the excitement is building up for a, a team like LSU or Auburn or even Tennessee these days? The truth? No, I'd rather see Alabama win every game by 40. Okay. Well, you might get you know, that in game one. <laughs> you know, I just that's just the way it is. I'd like to see Alabama win every game by 40 and uh, and then get ready for the national championship. So uh, so from that standpoint, uh, no, I'd rather see easy games personally. Uh, now, that's from a that how do I put that? This that's from a professional standpoint. I'd like to see that. Realistically, sure. I love the Texas games. I love the Tennessee games. I love those. That's what it's all about. But realistically, you know, if you can have every game uh, the way it is uh, and and win big, I'd just as soon take that. I sure would. Uh, Eli Gold joins us here on WNSP. So you mentioned uh, Coach Saban in Rome. I'm curious. I mean, as you know, there are just a bunch of random people coming up to him. Uh, what is the most random place you were have ever been where somebody came up to you and said hello or gave you a roll tide or there was that Alabama connection? Is there some obscure place or that it kind of caught you off guard, surprised you a little bit? Wow. Uh, not really. Not really. It's happened a lot uh, you know, it's happened a lot of times at NASCAR events, obviously, uh, and 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 I I really haven't had a, uh, a a strange happening. You know, I've had guys. I had a guy meet me at the gate at uh, Scott Field in Starkville as I got there, and he had a, a Goodyear tire that he wanted me to sign. <laughs> he was making a. a a table, you know, you, you yeah. stack a couple of tires, sure. one on top of another, and then you get a piece of glass and you put the glass on top and you've got yourself a, a, a nice, uh, uh, a nice table in your, uh, in your, in your, in your den. And I signed that, but no, I don't know if there's been uh, a weird, a weird thing like that. Uh, I, I don't believe so. You've been approached, though, for selfies and autographs, I, I assume, right? Oh, yeah, everywhere, everywhere. That that goes without saying. Yeah, that goes without saying. But, you know, that's not a bother. People ask me, I'll, you know, I'll be sitting at a dinner table, and people ask me, they, you know, somebody will come up and say, hey, I don't mean to bother you, but would you sign this? Would you take this picture, so on and so forth? And the people I'm with say, doesn't that bother you? And I'll say, no, it doesn't. And I guess I'm different than some. I, I find it an honor. If somebody is comfortable enough and cares enough to get Eli's autograph or get my 
picture taken, I'll oblige. I just won't. I mean, I remember myself as a kid, you know, standing outside the Roosevelt Hotel in Midtown Manhattan, getting autographs of, of baseball teams when they were in town to play the Yankees. Uh, I remember what it was like to do that. So uh, I'm not going to, uh, I won't make a big stink about it at all. I, I, I find it an honor that somebody wants my autograph for a picture. Do you, do you still have any of those autographs from the Roosevelt Hotel? I do, somewhere. there. I don't throw much out as far as, I'm not a hoarder, but as far as sports is concerned, I have those. They're in a little metal file on, nice. on index cards. I couldn't tell you who they are, but uh, I've got them. I sure do. Most famous one autograph, who'd you get? Oh, gosh. Did you get Mickey Mantle? I've got the, I had the Mick. I had Willie Mays. Uh, you know, most of the ones I got, though, were, uh, most of them were from visiting teams because I didn't hang out much at Yankee Stadium to uh, get autographs. I would take Subway, see the game, and then leave. But I would go to the Roosevelt Hotel where the visiting team used to stay and uh, stand there and get uh, autographs for the visitors as they went into their bus to head to head to the ballpark. I'm assuming back then the Roosevelt Hotel did not have Dex imaging. Well, they should have, <laughs> but they didn't. Hey, did you see the deal about the owner of Dex imaging uh, making a bid to buy the Tampa Bay Rays? Did you see that? I did not. No. Yes, that happened the other day. Uh, don't know if it's going to happen or not. But, you know, those are the kind of people you want on your side. When you've got not only well-to-do, you know, wealthy people, but when you've got people who care so much about their community that they will go and, you know, put millions of dollars on the line, uh, those are the kind of folks I love to do business with. And that's why I do business with Dex. But yeah, it happened just the other day. Uh, the Dex folks are among those who are um, trying to make a bid to purchase the Tampa Bay uh, Rays. The Tampa Bay Rays. I believe I said the Bucks. Uh, the Tampa Bay Rays. So uh, it's a good, um, good situation if it happens. And one thing I can tell you, they're going to have great copiers, <laughs> that's for sure. If that deal comes about, there's nothing like the Tampa Bay folks. they got great sports people in that community, and there's nothing like our friends at Dex. So, folks, if you're looking for a copier, if you're looking for a scanner, anything of that nature, remember Dex, D-E-X, Dex Imaging and DexImaging.com. Good people to do business with, whether you're buying a baseball team or just getting a copier. Hey, let me ask you this. Uh, yeah. And I'm not being facetious about this. Let's say they buy the team, and let's say, you know, you've done a, a really good job in helping promote, and they come and ask you to be their voice for maybe radio or TV. Would you, would you talk to them? You always talk to people. You know, you never say no, but uh, the reality of that happening is, is not likely. But, uh, no, you, you know, in this business uh, where, where you're a freelance uh, person, uh, you know, a freelance contractor, you never say no. You never say never, but uh, the realities are at this point in my life, I don't know if I'd be uh, uh, of a mind to, uh, to make a move, but... Um, 
I've got it going good here. I really do. So, uh, but you never know. Heck, it's something to think about. Eli, thank you so much, man. Uh, you sound great, and we look forward to doing it again next week. You got it, guys. Thank you so much. That's Eli Gold, the voice of the Crimson Tide. We come back, we'll uh, see if we can catch up with Dave McCrary, LCM Motorcars, lcmmotorcars.com. Uh, turn award at 8 o'clock, Justin Ferguson at 8.30. We only have a couple of days left in the nappy voting. So we've extended this to you, an offer. Go vote, screen grab it, put it in the app, and if you do that, we will say whatever you want us to say on the air. If you want us to give a shout-out, a birthday, maybe someone already had Lee say that baseball is a terrible sport. Whatever, we'll say whatever you want us to say as long as someone used it as a promotion for their product. The only thing we won't say is anything that's going to get us fired because that would defeat the purpose of voting for us only to have us removed. So we'll wrap up our number two next. Hit us up in the app, WNSP.com. Hi, this is Jake Peavy, MLB pitcher and Mobile, Alabama native. You're listening to 105.5 WNSP. Kickoff continues on WNSP, and it's time to highlight the cars of the week with David McCrary at LCM Motor Cars in Theodore. David McCrary, LCM Motor Cars, LCMMotorCars.com joins us here on WNSP, and I think the word of the day, inventory, sir. That's right, Mark. We bought um, 70 vehicles this week. All new inventory. We got a ton of it, so it's, it's, you can't really specify anything. We got one of everything. We got three Camrys. Um, we got F-150s. We got uh, Silverado trucks. We got pretty much anything you could imagine. Do you prefer to buy inventory or sell inventory? Got to buy it before I can sell it. <laughs> <laughs> but you got to sell it in order to buy more. That's true. That's true. But we've got plenty of everything right now. I mean, we're selling everything. We've been busy at the office, and um, we've been lucky enough to buy some really nice pieces. Uh, there's three Camrys. All of them are under $10,000, and all of them have under 20000 miles on them. That's something a lot of people are always looking for. Hey, so uh, if you, you also do a really great job of if, if you don't have what people are looking for on the lot, you can go and get it. That's something that we don't t stress about enough. A lot of these other dealerships, you, you go. If they don't have it, you move on. But you guys, you, you actively search for anything that people need. Yeah, if you want to come sit down with us, just give us a call. We'll make an appointment. You can come sit with us, and we'll look for what you're looking for. All right, tell everybody when's the best time to come see you and where you're located. We're open uh, Monday through Saturday from 8 to 6. Um, we'll be closed Monday and Saturday this week. Um, website's lcmotorcars.com. 251-377-0068. Hey, have a great weekend, man. Appreciate everything, and we'll be in touch. Thanks, Mark. That's LCM Motorcars. Uh, it's 5711 uh, Highway 90 in Theodore. Go by and see them. Um, of course, you can give them a call, 375-0068. That's 375-0068. He's kind of breaking up there a little bit. Want to make sure we got that out there for you guys. Uh, we got some time. You guys can jump in. We've talked about a number of issues today. Uh, you can jump in at 694-1055. Certainly uh, looking forward to the uh, meetings next week. And, again, I 
I presume and hope that the scheduling format will be the major, major issue. And that's what I'm led to believe based on reports uh, recently that they will announce whether they're going to go with the nine-team format once Texas and Oklahoma come into the SEC or stay with the eight teams where you'd have, again, four non-conference opponents. But if they go to nine, then you would have three permanent opponents, and that's the question I asked Eli, as has been asked. And we've, we've talked about this. We've gone around the table on this. Who would be the three? Obviously, with Alabama, uh, you've got Auburn and Tennessee, and then who's the third? Well, the speculation is LSU, although maybe Nick Saban's not too happy about that. I was a little surprised at uh, – Eli, but maybe I shouldn't be, you know, as an announcer, I always looked forward to the really, really good games. You know, I, I, I didn't, I, I didn't really, you know, you take a look at it, whether it's basketball or football and you schedule, this is going to be a, you know, a cream puff game and you're going to win big. And I didn't, you know, you don't get up for those games as much. I really like the competitive games against named schools, but you know, that's just me. Obviously I want my teams to win, but still I look forward more to more to a day, a game that I know was, you know, had some input to it that people are going to be really interested in. I remember one time, Mark, I came home from, I did an LSU game in basketball and we beat LSU and just people that I didn't even, you know, even know cared about basketball were talking about it. You asked um, Eli about being approached. Yep. I have one story, which I'll, I'll never forget. And it's not about fame or fortune or anything like that it's just being recognized so this i get when was carnell williams i don't remember the timeline he was playing for auburn's because we went we went there i took my son and we were in a group go to go see auburn play syracuse okay. that was a game that went uh, double or triple overtime so i'm walking up the street next to uh jordan Hare, and yet you know there's what 85 90,000 people or whatever the attendance was and you're surrounded by people all over the place I mean you know you're in a crowd you're you're not the only person on the street we're walking up and I hear this voice shouting my name and I'm like like first of all who could even see me in that crowd and it was it turned out to be Dave Cohen Dave Cohen, when I was a senior at Syracuse, he was on my staff because I was in charge of the sports casting there, and he was on my staff. He went on to really good things. I mean, he he was working, uh, I think, uh, with the Yankees, he, and he had moved to Atlanta. I hadn't seen him since 1969, and he just shouted, and he came over, and we just started talking. He was there, of course, because of Syracuse. I hadn't seen him, like, what, since, like I said, 1969. I don't even know how he recognized me, even found me in that crowd. But it was, it was, it was really, the, for me, the highlight of the trip to uh, have that uh, reunion. Lee, we have another request for you. Someone has voted for us now. They need you to say, and I quote, the next bounce house I see, I promise I'll jump in it. <laughs> well, luckily, I don't know where they're located. So the next bounce house I see, I will jump into it. Why are these about me, though? You're younger. You're more know. agile. You're more athletic. I'm you're like, celebrity, you know, man. I mean, it's ridiculous. I mean, you're the one that uh, why wouldn't people want to see you bounce? You're you're bouncing all over the show I got with your thoughts and everything. So, uh, you know, you're wired up all over the place. I oh, would think I, I'm the one that bounces around yep. on the show. OK. Yep. All right. Do we need to replay the first segment of every show we've ever done? Because we could do that. Who'd listen? 
it's kind of my point. Kind of my point. All right. How come nobody's uh, weighing in and wants to do anything? Are I, you just I did irrelevant? the first one. I did the first one. It wasn't specifically yeah, directed wasn't at me. You. I'm more than happy. So this is what we're doing. For those that are just joining us, you're making your way. Maybe you're taking the kids to school. You just dropped Please. the kids off for the final doesn't, day. Doesn't Mark have any fans out there? So come what on. we're doing is uh, if you vote for us, when you vote for us, let me rephrase, when you vote for us for the nappies, uh, screen grab the vote, put it in the app, and that sound a mobile app. Sound a mobile app. You can you can then ask us to say whatever it is you want us to say that isn't going to get us fired. That's the only caveat to that. But if you want us to give a shout out to somebody, if you if you want us to say something random or whatever, w- we can do that. And so far, we've had two or three that have asked Lee to do something, and nobody wants you to do anything. I don't know. So anyway, in these bounce houses, though, don't you have to be a, like under a certain age? And aren't they little no. kids? You, 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 what, they have uh, 70 year old people uh, bouncing around sure. in there? Sure. can't wear shoes, so you're already good on that. Yeah. yeah. I mean, basically, Air Sports One is a bounce house. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and we just jump up and down in there? Yeah. That's what I'm assuming that a bounce house is, right? Where you go and jump up and down in the. Or no, am yeah, I wrong? Yeah, the, inf- the inflatable. Flight, well, yeah, right. Sure. Yeah. Where are they located? Oh, uh, you can rent them and get them. I. I I, don't I bet we could get a bounce house company to bring one out for free if you for free. You Good luck it. on that. Would you be willing to get in a bounce house and jump if they brought it out for free? If you it right if you here? were in there, uh, yes. If you if you also joined me, all right. So I can do it by myself. Hang on, hang so on. We can no. jump and frolic can, together. Yes, we can make this happen. You want to be a team, don't you? I, I more, don't more I, than anything, Lee. There you go. So if we get a bounce house here, and Mark gets in it with you. You guys will hold hands and jump. I'm not going to hold his hand, house. but uh, why won't you hold my hand, Lee? Because keep your uh, balance to keep you up. I don't need. I don't need that. Uh, I can handle myself without having your hand all over mine. You wouldn't want to hand. You You're wouldn't want to. So hurtful. It is. It's so hurtful. I thought. I thought you and I were close. We are. And, and what would be the point of holding hands, though? So you don't fall down. Yeah. But that's the fun of it. <laughs> what falling down? Yeah, <laughs> you're gonna what, stand what up the if, whole time. What if time? the guy that was in there with you accidentally pushed you down? Well, I, if it's just two or of us, I can't see that happening. What if we were holding hands and instead of push, I right, like then we both we fall down. The, but I threw you down, hypothetically, rhetorically, asking for a friend. As long as I'm not hospitalized, I'm okay with it. Ooh. The r- it's gone from jumping to a rumble in, yeah. the, in the bounce house. <laughs> the, the rumble in the – yeah. At Hallett and Dolphin Street. Yeah. I think we could yeah, attract a crowd for that. We're going to block off Hallett. Yeah. The rumble the in the bounce house. Which might be tougher than you think because people come flying around that corner at a, at a, at a pretty high pace. Now. Well, but at they least Lee will be in the bounce house, so the whole just yeah. kind of blow up castle will just kind of bounce down the road. All right, so what, what if – what happens if he comes around the corner in the Prius – Hitting a bounce house. Does the bounce house deflate? Does the Prius buck back? I mean, I got questions. What happens when a movable object meets a stoppable force? (laughs) 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 Yeah, good stuff. I can only guess the bounce house would be uh, destroyed, hit by a Prius. Yeah. You know, the... One of the commercials for the Prius, we keep going. Yep. Right, just run right through you. Just be careful what you wish for and something like that. 
I may be a little older than you, but I still uh, have pretty good balance. Uh-oh. Just be careful. Somebody once tried that, and it didn't go as well, so uh, we'll see. Well, Tommy Prater doesn't count. He can barely Look, stand up. We got up. one more request we before got we go to break. What? From user Y Laugh. He wants one of us to say, Lee is a dork. Lee is a dork! Oh, you beat me to it. Just the one in for free. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Turner Ward is next. It's the opening kickoff. This is the opening kickoff on the country's first FM all sports radio station. 105.5 FM WNSP and WNSP.com. The latest sports, news, traffic, weather, and timely guests with Mark Heim and Lee Shermanian. The opening kickoff. kickoff. Here are Mark and Lee. All right, it's 8.02, hour number three here on a uh, Thursday edition. Thanks for hanging with us. We appreciate it. It's the uh, opening kickoff, Mark and Lee, and Triple G, of course, uh, right here on the sports station, WNSP. All right, so headlines, the Florida Panthers have made their way into the Stanley Cup Finals for the second time in their history, a sweep. Carolina, their first sweep. They won it with five seconds to go in regulation. Meanwhile, tonight, another Miami team, the Miami Heat, hopes to uh, finish off their series with the Celtics playing up there in Boston. And in SEC baseball yesterday, in day two, Florida with a walk-off home run to beat Alabama. Auburn lost to Vanderbilt, so that sets up an elimination game today between Alabama and with Auburn. And uh, with that, we hope to be talking to uh, the hitting coach for the uh, St. Louis Cardinals, uh, Mobile native, former Jag, longtime major leaguer, former Bay Bear. His resume is long and extensive. His name is Turner Ward. Turner, welcome to the show. Good morning. How are you today? Hey, good morning. Thanks for having me, guys. I know you're getting ready to leave because you got a, a day game today with Cincinnati. I was curious. You have a pitcher. I don't. I don't. Is Hicks still on your roster, the relief pitcher? Yes. I think he yeah. was clocked around 103. So last night in the Minnesota game against the Pirates, a relief pitcher named Duran was clocked over 104 with his fastball. And I'm thinking, how how much higher can these pitchers throw? I mean, how when you, th- you hear stuff like this, you think it's like, do you even, can you even see the pitch at 104? And that was his closing pitch, I think, to get the final out. Well, I mean, I know that, you know, they talked about Nolan Ryan, you know, getting clocked, you know, 104, 105, maybe even higher back then. But one thing I've noticed lately, and I've said this numerous times, you know, I've seen, I've gone through the Ray gun, the Jugs gun, you know, with the first they had the Jugs gun. Pitchers in that era, you know, topping out, you know, there's 88, 91. All of a sudden those same pitchers were 93, 94, now we see, you know, with the track man, and they're getting the ball out of the hand instead of at the catcher's mitt. You know, now they're 98, 97. So, you know, I do think there is some stronger throwing arms, you know. But I think in general, the guns got better, and and the, the speeds were different because of the way they measured the velo. So, yeah, the arms are – the arms are, there's more velocity, but 
I faced Rob Nin, 98 to 102. Um, Mark Wallers, he was 100. I mean, that was on the, the ray guns back then. I, they, they was probably throwing 104 miles an hour. So, you know, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not down, downplaying some of these guys' arms or anything, but I am saying that, you know, the way they, they gauge it right out of the hand now compared to they used to gauge it right to the home plate. So, but there are arms. There are more arms that are throwing harder. When you were playing, what type of pitcher did you not like to face? Would you, would it be somebody who just threw high heat like that, or were there other pitchers finesse style, or just threw these quirky pitches that gave you trouble? I think it was the guys that you know could really throw something really hard, but had a really good secondary pitch, and that pitch was you know 15 miles an hour off the fastball. When you have these guys throwing 95. 98 mile an hour fastball and then their slider is 88 91 there's not a big difference you know in the speeds like we just faced we just faced Ashraf with Cincinnati you know he was throwing 101 mile an hour cutter 98 97 cutter you know and then his slider was 92 93 heck we we hit him we hit him fine hitters don't don't worry about speed you you can get on time to speed what messes up the time is when they have a really good secondary pitch that they can locate or, you know, that it, it changes speed so much that it, you know, causes, uh, you know, timing issues. You know, Turner, I was hoping you guys would get a win. We talk about that. Cincinnati did beat you yesterday, and you're, you've moved out of last place. And, and to think the Cardinals in last place, but it's early in the season, I don't think anybody – Think, or at least I don't think you'll be anywhere near last place. In fact, I still think you're going to contend for top honors in that division. Your lineup is just so potent and everything. Uh, what, what do you contribute to a slow start like that, and what do you see happening to get this team back where it should be? Well, no doubt when um, you know we was going to that, that, that real down spell, um, when the pitching was good, the hitting wasn't there, when the hitting – was there the pitching was and we just had a bad combination of those two and you know here lately over the past couple of weeks we've really kind of kind of put some things together um i wasn't actually at the game last night i came home for olin's graduation so i'm i'm here in uh, mobile uh, yesterday and today so uh, I got a couple of days off and glad I didn't see that game last night. <laughs> yeah, I'm glad you did. I, you know what I was worried about? It seems like every time I book you, you get one of these extra inning games and you're out really late. But uh, Brendan Donovan, the, the former Jag, had a home run for you, one of the few runs you had. How's he doing in his second year in Major League Baseball? You know, the league's made a little adjustment with him, um, and now he's trying to make the adjustment. But he's uh, – He's a worker, um, and he's going to continue to get better. And he's a he's a big piece of you know of our lineup, you know, because we can put him anywhere, everywhere, and he's able to play multiple positions, and of course, uh, be able to produce runs. So um, he is making a little adjustment right now, but um, it's going to be no problem for him. Why are pitch counts so high for starters? You can't. It's almost impossible to see a pitcher get into the fifth inning or sixth inning these days and not be up around 80, 90, 100 pitches. 
I think because of, you know, with our roster too, you know, you add, you know, you got 26 guys on the roster where you used to have 24. So pitchers needed to go deeper. Now you get the extra, extra arms in the bullpen. So, you know, it's like they, they train them to go six now. You don't see too many guys going into the seventh, you know, much less just the fifth and the sixth. But um, I think because of the extra arms and the, uh, the specialty arms in the bullpen, you know, they got these specialty roles and, you know, they, uh, you know, they look at these numbers for, for a reason, for medical reasons, or, you know, I think, you know, they put all these guys in, in the same ball of, of wax, I'll say, you know, it's like, oh, ev everybody can do this when that's just not true. There's some players that very resilient and can have the stamina to go deeper, but they also look at the numbers. They look at the numbers of, uh, you know, what happens that third time through, then hitters are better off pitchers third time through. So they kind of play that card as well. Turner, congratulations on the graduation. Uh, it's good to have you back yeah. in town. When do you report back? I'll fly out tomorrow morning to Cleveland. All right. Well, be safe. And, again, congratulations to the family. All right, man. Thanks for having me. Turner Ward. Uh, we're open until about uh, 8.30. We'll talk some Auburn with Justin Ferguson. Uh, it'll give me a chance to tell you guys about our good friend Aiden Marks over at Medicare Insurance Advisors. Uh, Medicare is constantly evolving. Uh, everything that they offer, maybe they don't offer, it, sometimes it's just too hard to keep up. That's where Aiden comes in. He's, there's never a fee for services. Don't get me wrong. He's not, he's not selling you Medicare. He, he's exactly what it says advising you on what is the best coverage for you so if you're 65 you're within a year of uh, retiring you really need to get in touch with Aiden Marks um, he's local he's knowledgeable and he has that physical location you can go see him at his office uh, on highway 98 and Daphne across from Terry Thompson Chevrolet go see him uh, he can come to you either way give him a call 463-0031 that's 463-0031 it's Aiden Marks of Medicare Insurance Advisors um all right so if you're a betting man you're going over or under the 39 and a half for Auburn in, in its first game against UMass you're going over or under 37 for uh, Alabama Against Middle Tennessee. It's funny you brought up the betting part, uh, but uh, to answer your question, and I'll get to the betting part, I'd probably go over on Auburn. I know UMass is not much of a football program, and with Alabama, not well. Don't even know who. Yeah, uh, probably say right now a little bit under today. I might change my mind down the road. But did you see where the NCAA? Uh, they did a survey. The new uh, head of the NCAA wanted a survey on betting. And found out that what 60, they're claiming 67% of students bet. And because they wanted to look into this betting issue that's going on these days. So 67% of all college students bet? Yeah. Now, again, I don't know. How, see, I didn't see how many people responded. I didn't see how many people were actually polled. But they came out with that uh, 60, they, they came out with a whole list of things on the betting. And this was with the new uh, commission, well, I say executive director taking over. But at 67%, then there was like, that's students, 58%, I guess, of just adult students, you know, bet uh, on games and so forth. So, oh, so you're saying like. That's what they're saying. Hmm. I have really no that idea. That seems high. Really? Do you think that. Do you think I think it's low. You think. So you think seven out of every ten college students bet, some, do some sort of gambling? Yeah. Male students, yeah. for sure. Oh, I do. 
That's like all the rage nowadays, man. Like all the sports, but and you and you media, talk about social media. It's all about betting, the betting line. Did they hit their parlay? The all survey was conducted April 18th through the 23rd, centered on adults ages 18 to 22, and they received 3,527 responses. So, hmm. 58% of the respondents participated in at least one sports betting activity. 67% of the students living on campus are bettors and tend to bet at a higher frequency. When they're on campus? Yeah. Not as much to do. Does it break it down by gender? Because I think Nick's probably right. I'm, I'm, my, my guess is that a, more guys... I don't see where it's broken down by gender. It does say 41% of the students who bet wagered on their school's team. Now, again, we're not talking about athletes, although. Right, 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 right. But, but there's that big question mark. It could. It could. It, it could very Absolutely. well. 41% bet on their school's teams. 35% have used a student bookmaker. Yeah. So here's the thing, though. To your point. Isn't it fair to assume that if almost seven out of every 10 college students bet that that also represents to some degree, it, it kind of mirror like athletic teams would mirror that a little bit because those, those are students granted they're, they're held to a different, a little bit different standard and the rules are different, but we're not assuming would it, would it, would it, would we be crazy to say that half of that, so three out of ten student athletes are gambling. I don't. I don't think that's a stretch. What do you think the most popular sport to bet on was among students? Football. NFL football. Uh. Wow. NFL. Not surprising at all. Uh. So people in the app saying that 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 sample size is too small. It Maybe. probably is. Maybe. I, I'm not saying it is or isn't. I'm just saying the NCAA. One of the survey, obviously they're concerned about gambling, so they want to get some sort of idea. I don't know where this is going to lead to. I don't think they even know. Hmm. And and when they say gambling, and again, I'm just so naive when it comes to all this because I never gambled. But like FanDuel, that's included. That's gambling, right? Yes. So th and it's so accessible. I mean, I would argue going across the, the street in the morning would be gam a form of gambling, but. Yes, we, you and I did FanDuel. Yes, we did. So you did gamble. So you just lied to everybody. All wow. our goodwill for the nappy, just gone. Well, wow. okay, let me uh, be specific. I didn't use any of my own money. Okay, okay, that's fair. That's Is that fair. fair? Yeah, that's fair. I didn't use my money. I yeah. used theirs. Yeah. Yep, yep, yep. Hitting those. And you see, and if you remember, weekly and if you remember, if it wasn't for you, I wouldn't have even been involved in it because I didn't know what to do. You got me involved as far how to do it, where to go. Who to how to pick them? I was making that coin for you. You were getting he that did. bag, Sharanian. Did any of us win anything? I don't even remember. It's been so long. Uh, nothing substantial. Because you remember, they just gave us enough to get around that site and get a feel for what was going on. So yeah, we didn't want to. We didn't want to blow it all in one week. So I think we. Well, uh, so that, but but that stands the reason when you when you have these teams, right? Uh, and you that's gambling, right? When you uh, play fantasy football. Yeah. Well, well then, uh, you could understand the high numbers of that. Sixty-seven yeah, percent, including fantasy. Yes, I, I could see, see I that. I don't. I don't necessarily. I well, don't count do daily fantasy. Yeah, that stuff's crazy. 
One time I won $1,500 on FanDuel off $1. What'd you do with the money? Live off it because oh. I won it when I was like 18. What'd, what were you, was it? It was like you pick um, like fantasy basketball for that night and like Westbrook dropped like 65. And it was, the, I think it was the night before Halloween because I went into October a haunted 30. house, <laughs> and I looked, and I was like, oh, man, I'm in the top 20. I'm winning $300. And then when I came out of the haunted house, I was in first place. Hmm. And from and, so, and so did I've you go back to that? I've never been able to uh, recreate that success. I, I figured, man, you'd be, you'd be jumping back in there and finding that haunted house again. Hmm. All right, boys and girls, let's let's take a break here. We come back, we'll open it up for you guys. Six nine four or one zero five five is the number. Um, you guys can jump in. Coming up at uh, eight thirty, Justin Ferguson's gonna join us. We'll talk a little Auburn. Breaking the app says online gambling should be illegal. It's too accessible. You should have to show ID and put in bets in person. Putting a bookie uh, in everyone's pocket is corrupting sports. Penn State football was caught on a hot mic talking about going for two to cover. We can talk about that when we come back. It's the opening kickoff. Stay with us. Hi, this is Dan Jennings with the Washington Nationals, and you're listening to WNSP Sports Radio 105.5. Bases are loaded, infield is in, the pitch. In the air to right center field, this should do it. Smith going back to the track, over his head, and the Phillies have won the ball game. Dalton's got three crosses the plate. That's some random sport you like to hear. Yeah, prior to that, Trey Turner, arguably one of the best free agent pickups, the fans were booing him. He got off to a bad start with the Phillies. Even his mom was kind of down on him. What? Mom yeah. booing? Mom wasn't booing. No, but there was, she said something like she didn't like his at bat in the seventh inning when he struck out. So Trey Turner comes up in the ninth and hits a home run to tie the game and the booze turn to cheers. By the way, your buddy Charles Barkley mm-hmm. says tonight, did you see his comment on tonight's game? It's going to be a cakewalk for the Celtics. A ah. cakewalk. This is the same guy who said the Celtics during halftime of game four, we're in trouble. Now he says it's going to be a cakewalk. And Charles Barkley says, speaking of gambling, I can't wait to get to FanDuel. Wow. How about that? No team has ever, ever come back from down 3-0. But the references to game four with Derek Jeter and Alex Rodriguez, they were at the game watching and then back when, when the Red Sox were down 3-0 to the Yankees in the ALCS and came back to win. You know how people like to, well, this happened there. And so I think Jimmy Butler's on to something. I think a lot of people feel that the Celtics are going to win tonight. And you know how his comment what, a couple days ago, people just don't respect us. We've got a chip on our shoulder, so they don't pick us to win. So we'll see what happens. Um, how many people out there? When you get up in the morning, like when you when that alarm goes off, you know, uh, you know, and you're trying to get your your butt out of bed, how many of you? What's the? How many of you? Your first reaction is, I wonder if there's a point in this in this day that I can get a nap. Does anybody like that? 
Are you like that? Like, as soon as you wake up, you're like, man, I'm tired. I'm going to have to get a nap today. I say that all the time, but it never happens. Exactly. Exactly. Never happens. Why is that? I'll tell you something. I've actually tried to take a nap once in a while, and I'm more tired after the nap than I was when I took the nap. I, I just I have a hard time re- rebounding from that. Do you? Do you ever take a Well, you're so busy. you got two jobs. I you tell you this. You know, my biggest problem, if I take a nap, which is rare, I want to eat when I wake up in the middle of the day. Like, I just eat all sorts of sugary and, like, fried and sugary. I crave fried and sugar when I get up from a nap. Hmm. See, when I wake up in the morning at 549, uh, (laughs) I immediately think, what do I have to rearrange in my day in order to efficiently get back into this bed at the quickest rate? Yeah. And it always happens to where other things come up or all of a sudden I'm not tired or somehow I do make it perfectly to where my nap time is ready and I've scheduled it. (laughs) <laughs> then I get there and I and I'm like, man, I, I got all this free time. I don't really want to be sleeping. Yeah, yeah. What time do you have your alarm clock set for? We heard what he does. Five. Five fifteen. Five fifteen. Mine's set at four, but I've never. Well, I shouldn't say never. Maybe once or twice it's actually gone off. I'm usually up before it. Uh, the alarm's up on at five. The alarm is uh, set for five fifteen. I'm out the door by about five. 30 at the very latest. Yeah. And yeah. then I'm here by 5.50. See, in all actuality, I have an alarm at 5 that I ignore, but it kind of gets me unsettled. Then I have an alarm at 5.15 that I ignore. Then I have an alarm at 5.30, and I'm like, oh, okay, maybe this one I need to consider. And then I have an alarm at 5.45, and that one I'm like, all right, got to get up. Yeah. <laughs> See, I've done this. I haven't done as many of those, but I've done multiple alarms. I used to do multiple alarms for years. I'd let it go off once, and then I'd get up. I'd reset it and go back to sleep. And that is by far the best feeling, by the way, is to go back. And that's why you do it. At least that's why right. That's right. why I did it is because it's like the best feeling in the world, man. When, when that alarm goes off, you're like, I don't want to get up. And you're like... I don't have to. <laughs> right. And you go and you roll back over and you're out like a light. That's the that's that's some of the that's the best feeling in the world. We need to bottle that and sell it. See, I have an alarm that whenever it goes off, that means that I am not gonna make it to the show on time. And I have yet to hear that alarm while being at my house. To be fair though, don't you think we should get that notification too? We should be better prepared for so that we would know. It'll never happen. Is this a guarantee? I can't wait for tomorrow. Now I can't <laughs> wait because you know, dude, ain't going to be here in time. You better come in a few minutes early next week so we can set up on the tie line. Don't you think? Are you be gone all week next week? Yeah. No, no, no. I'm back Friday. So you're you're off Tuesday, Monday. Wednesday, Thursday. We're off Monday. Oh, yeah, we're off. How about that? So it's only three days. So I'll set the alarm four times on Monday just to say I can. You or hopefully if I turn my alarms off on Monday so they don't wake me up, I, fr- I remember to turn them back on on Tuesday. I'll call him and see if I can get him up on Monday. <laughs> yeah, don't worry. Leo will call you 16 I'll call you. times. I'll call you. Uh, let's talk some Auburn next. Justin Ferguson is going to join us right here on the sports station, WNSP and WNSP.com.
the glove of Ware and trickles into left. Davis Diaz with his second hit of the game. All right, it's 8.32. Welcome back in the opening kickoff here on a Thursday. Thanks for hanging with us, Mark Lee, Triple G. We're in the studios of WNSP. We're going to be uh, talking some Auburn sports. Uh, the Auburn baseball team played last night. That was a little excerpt from that game. Bryson Ware, by the way, hit a home run in the ninth inning. is 23rd, which ties him for the all-time single season with Hunter Morris. Uh, the Auburn team did lose to Vanderbilt 6-4. to And we're going to talk to Justin Ferguson of the Auburn Observer. Good morning, Justin. How are you today? I'm doing well. How are you? Wonderful. Uh, I, I'm curious, I because I haven't really talked to you. Uh, have, are you covering the uh, Auburn baseball team up at Hoover? Uh, no, I, I am not, but I am keeping an eye on it from down here. Which is probably a good thing, because what time did that game end last night? <laughs> super, super late. Uh, it was it was about around around midnight before it was. It was over, but yeah, really late. And that, that seems to always happen in Hoover. There's always going to be delays because there's always going to be rain. So if you go on late, if you're one of the last games, you're you're going to go on uh, super super late. So um, yeah, but uh, you know Auburn uh, getting that good win in the in the first uh, you know round of the tournament, and then uh, last night uh, dropping one to Vanderbilt with. Yeah, really, it was just the end of a long winning streak for Auburn. It was hard to kind of keep it up. Vanderbilt's a great team, but also, you know, Auburn had a lot of walks and some errors. That's where Vanderbilt majority of their runs came in. So it was just kind of some stuff, some uncharacteristic stuff we hadn't seen Auburn do in a while. Uh, and, you know, if you make those kind of mistakes uh, against a really good team like Vanderbilt, uh, they'll make you pay. Win or lose today against Alabama, do you think Auburn gets a regional to host? tough because i think they're right on the border uh they're on that they're on that borderline when you look at rpi and stuff like that um you know i think i think the streak that they had um you know this you know coming into it uh really really helped them out a lot um especially like beating L and then also like beating lsu uh beating south carolina in series here recently but i think it would help if they won uh today it would it would really really um, be a lot for them because that is a good team. Um, but yeah, I think I think it'd be touch and go if they, you know, be in the mix. I think to host uh, if, if even if they lost today, but a win really really helped them out a lot. Next week, of course, uh, perhaps we get the information about Auburn as well as the rest of the SEC, the schedule. If they go to a nine-team format with uh, three stable teams each year playing the same three which three do you think that would be for auburn if they go that direction yeah i think it's going to be alabama and georgia for sure and then that third one just comes down to what the league wants to do if they want to prioritize kind of competitive balance um that's where like the vanderbilt has come in uh first i'm just because you know playing alabama and georgia you know potentially being the only one to play Alabama and Georgia every year. We'll see what happens with Tennessee. But, um, you know, I think that's something they would, they would do. If they want to prioritize, hey, you know, we're going to try to get a good three that are rivals and it make, makes a ton of sense, um, you know, that's when you could see, you know, Auburn could potentially pull somebody like Florida. I've always thought that the great – you know, compromise between, um, you know, uh, competitive balance and somebody that you got some history with is Mississippi State. Uh, and I think that would be a really interesting one. Auburn has played Mississippi State more than anybody but Georgia. 
they are both kind of you know uh, academically and kind of the the setup of their school um being ag schools in, in, in bordering states i think makes a ton of sense and also mississippi state's not a team that's won a national championship. Now they're good. Um, you know they've beaten Auburn the last couple of years, so they're not pushovers by any means. But if you don't want to give Auburn a third superpower um, or a third really really good team in the mix, um, but you also you know want to have somebody that has some has some real meaning behind them. Uh, State's always been the one I think if you could kind of map, map it out and, and pick the you know pick the kind of uh, schedule that that makes the most sense to me. It's always it's always been Mississippi State, but of course, Mississippi State obviously is very, very close with Alabama uh, geographically, and then they have that rivalry with Ole Miss for sure. So, you know, you got to balance all out everywhere. Talking to Justin Ferguson of the Auburn Observer. So, prediction: Do you think they go nine, or do you think they stay at eight? I think they end up going nine. Um, I hope they end up going nine, but I do think they go nine because I think the teams that want nine. Um, and the schools that want nine are in favor of it. I think they've just got more sway and more pull than theirs. Most of the, you know, from what we've been able to gather, the the the, the teams in the conference that want to stay at eight are the ones that are, you know, really, really wanting to keep that fourth non-conference game uh, to help them get bowl eligible. Um, and, and, you know, so I, those aren't the ones that make the most money. Those aren't the ones that, um, you know, kind of drive the league they're not the they're not the big the big dog so i think ultimately you could see everybody kind of convinced i think it just should be better for the league in general too you get nine conference games um that's a more um that's a that's a more uh, uh you know beneficial setup i think it's a better looking um, product that you can put out and sell uh especially the tv folks so um I'm, I'm hoping that they go nine, and I just think, you know, since the better and the bigger schools in the conference uh, are the ones that want to go nine, I think they ultimately went out. Justin, we had uh, an Auburn reporter on earlier this week, and we talked about the transfers, which now number up to mm-hmm. 21, and the roster overhaul with like 42 newcomers. And that individual said that prior to all of this, he would have predicted for next fall that Auburn would get four wins. But, Mark, correct me if I'm wrong, I think – he came on and he said, I've raised my expectations up to eight or nine wins with all the new players coming in. Would you go in that direction? Eight or nine is going to be a lot. I do think Auburn's I do think Auburn's schedule helps them out a decent bit. I think all four of their non-conference games they should be favored in. Um, you know, you do get uh, the Mississippi schools at home, which should help you. You do play Vanderbilt. So, you know, you, you win the games that you're supposed to win for Auburn and that you would be expected to win. And then take a couple of the other ones. You could get to eight. Um, I do think six wins, seven wins is kind of around where they're at. I think their Vegas line six and a half. I'd go more towards the seven range than eight or nine, uh, personally, just because there is a lot of newness and, and you gotta you gotta think with Auburn they've got they gotta come together kind of here real quickly, especially in the quarterback, especially in the passing game with all the new pieces they've got there. Um, but I think you know you also got to keep in mind as well. Uh, Hugh Freeze and, and his background, um, getting off to quick starts um, in his tenure, and then on top of that, uh, being kind of a guy that's done a really good job of, uh, of, of you know, creating upsets. He's that's kind of been his mo throughout his career. So, 
don't think eight or nine is completely impossible or out of the question. Um, I, I do think, though, you know, I think you could be closer to a team that, you know, wins, you know, seven, six games or something like that this season. Another minute here with Justin Ferguson on WNSP. All right, speaking of lines, uh, we were talking about some early season lines. Uh, who you got? UMass at Auburn. Auburn, 39-and-a-half point favorite. Where do I put my money? <laughs> you know, I, I think Auburn would be in a really good spot if they could cover that. You know, I it, the thing I don't think people realize is UMass might be the worst team yeah. in FBS by by far. Uh, there are a there are twenty or thirty FCS schools that would that would beat them pretty. Hard. I think two weeks after they play UMass, they play Sanford. I, Sanford probably won't be as big of a dog uh, to Auburn as, wow. as as UMass will be. Um, so yeah, I mean that that is going to be a line where you know you come out and say, all right, is Auburn going to have some um, you know, have some uh, things they have to work out. They have to kind of, uh, you know, figure out some things on offense, get, get you know, get everything kind of ironed out. Or there's going to be a game that with UMass being so bad and Auburn desperate to, you know, put on a show early on, they just go light up the scoreboard. So, yeah, I mean, it is that that is a week one game where I don't want to say it's I don't want to say it's you know uh, like practice or anything because it's still a, another team with competitive players but man it's it, it probably ain't gonna be close. You know, last week there was a story that came out about suspensions of some Auburn players, Justin, and nothing is at least I've seen in print or anywhere on the on that story do you think this becomes somewhat of an issue uh, in Sandestin next week or is this going to just blow by I think it's going to be a situation where you're not going to hear anything about from Auburn athletics until anything gets sorted out uh, from what I can tell uh, the situation that's been involved is still, is still being investigated um, and they're still you know, come you know, come working through uh, some of that stuff. Um, you know, Auburn, from a football perspective, uh, you know, Auburn is not back on the field or anything like that yet. So, um, you know, that that hasn't been necessarily something that's gotten a lot of attention. Um, you know, here this past week, I know it, it was a big, um, a lot of a lot of eyeballs, and a lot of people were talking about it last week. I think this week it has died down, but. Um, it, it, it is because uh, I think Auburn is still going through the through the process of dealing with everything. So it would be interesting to see um, if it will be addressed next week uh, with, with, a, with the Auburn folks down in SEC meetings. All right, I got one baseball question for you, then we'll let you go. Mm-hmm. I believe Bryson Ware, with the home run last night in the ninth inning, was 23rd, ties a single-season record. Am I correct on that? Yes. Okay. Yeah, Hunter Morris's record. Do you know where Hunter Morris is these days? I, I don't. I don't. He I is, do know that Hunter was a fantastic player at Auburn. I, I do not yeah. know where Hunter is. He is a coach on the Alabama staff. He is a coach oh, wow. with Alabama. <laughs> Does Ware get home run number 24 today? Oh, man, what a story that would be if he got it right there in front of him. Um, you know, I, he is playing really, really well. He's hitting the ball well, um, especially in Hoover right now. So why not? Let's go, let's go full storyline and say he gets one today. And I was going to allude to something we said earlier in the show about Ben Roethlisberger uh, not having kind words about one of his backups. Can, I, can you imagine Hunter Morris? Hey, Hunter, how do you feel about where a chance to break your record? Uh, uh, well, I hope yeah. not. I hope not yeah. today. Anyway, <laughs> just incredible. great to talk to you, my friend. We'll talk to you soon. Okay.
Absolutely. Thank you, guys. You bet. Bye-bye now. All right. Justin Ferguson, he, go with him. Take the Tigers in that first game with that money line. And, and oh, yeah, whatever the odds are on that, that record being broken, do it. One final segment. We'll wrap it up. Give you a sneak peek into tomorrow's show. You have a chance to uh, vote nappy. Take a screen grab. Put it in the app, and that will allow you to... We will say whatever you want us to say that within the rules, within the law, that won't get us fired, which apparently includes endorsements of other <laughs> places. So There's that. All right, one final segment. Stay with us. It's the opening kickoff. This is Stuart Sink for the PGA Tour. You're listening to WNFB Sports Radio and Mobile. All right. Lee Shervanian's in the house. He's going to tell you what's coming up on tomorrow's show because that's what Lee does. All right, Lee, what do you got for us? Eh, not much. All right, we're going to talk about the— uh, Lee's interviewing himself. Uh, yes, I'm I'm so busy doing that uh, because I'm trying to—we don't have much lined up just yet. I'm going to see what transpires today. I like it. I know you do. I like it. Uh, obviously, we're going to have Game 5 with Boston and Miami. Uh, a little bit of a follow-up on the SEC baseball tournament, obviously, with the elimination game between Alabama and Auburn. I, I suspect—again, nothing's planned, but we'll— preview again the sec spring meetings uh with emphasis on the scheduling uh, format uh prior to what takes place next week something i think you you brought up uh you're the one that actually brought it to my attention they're gonna one of the issues is going to be increased penalties for fans storming the field i don't know if that's going to be a big topic but i know that's going to be discussed obviously i think one of the real issues at least with greg sankey i'm sure during his 45-minute press conference, he's going to address gambling. I don't see how he can't. So, I'm not sure what he's going to say. Yeah, that's the thing. I don't know what you can say. I mean, you can talk about surveys and, and so forth. You're, look, gambling's been going on on campus for years. I mean, even my son, when he was at Auburn, used to tell me about you know the gambling. And did he win like, big? I, I told him not to. I don't know if he did or not. I, I wouldn't doubt if he plays bets down there, but I, I, I don't know that did for a fact. Did you have to send him money because he lost? No, I wouldn't send him any money. Did he ever come home with a broken leg? <laughs> That's one of the things I'm thankful for. He did not. Okay. Yeah, he did not. All right. No, nothing like that. But I've heard stories, rampant stories, about kids who gamble on campus and things like that. So 67%, according to this NCAA survey, even though you might look and say, well, what, 3,500 responded, doesn't seem like much. And it's not. But still, I think uh, it's pretty close to accurate. You think? I do. What do you think? I think 67% is high. I don't. I think I, any kind, and, and this could be any gambling, $10 bet, $5 bet. That's that's what it's referencing. Most of them, they say bet between, you know, $10. Now, and, I'm not talking about your guy saying, bro, I bet you could chug this beer in 30 seconds. No, I'm talking about somebody that's literally with, getting getting action yeah. for, on games and all that kind well, of stuff. Well, with FanDuel and DraftKings, you got to believe that that goes on, and that's become a big thing on campus. I'm not saying it's not a big thing. I'm just saying 7 out of 10 is too high. I would say that anybody in that age demographic that really likes sports, they're betting on it. All right. Uh, that's fair. But 
at, on college campus. How, how many how many kids are at South right now? What's the enrollment at South Alabama right now? It used to be around twelve. I don't know if it's uh, the kids going there, right? You should know. He's not there yet. How, well, Nick, you know you you're a student. How many? I don't know. You think I'm going to class like that? <laughs> you bet, right? But all I'm saying is whenever you get a bunch of, like, they're uh, fellowshipping with one another, they're going to talk about sports, and it leads to betting and money. That's just how it goes nowadays. Like, all the social media, the uh, Bleacher Report betting. Okay, so, how, how so about this? according to that, to give you an idea, if twelve thousand kids are on your campus, eighty four hundred of them are gambling. I would say that it would be There's that no percentage way. would be toward the male audience. I would I would be more on board with that for sure. All right, how about this? How about even like poker, playing you know card games online? I mean, yeah, I guess. I, it's yeah, very I feasible. They, I don't know if that age demographic is online playing. I like think with the advent of poker on TV <laughs> and so forth, I think it is. But I have no nothing to back it up. I don't know. Hmm. One time I was in an online casino playing blackjack, and I went from twenty bucks to four hundred bucks and back to twenty. Oof! Well, at least you got to four hundred. Yeah, I'm sure that was real. Did con- you ever? I'm sure that consoled him that night when he yeah, was going back to sleep with twenty bucks. Get, don't you set? <laughs> don't you set a standard like if I get to something, I'm gonna just walk away with it and be happy? Yeah, that's something I probably should start doing. Or what you do is you say, when you get to a certain number, like so, if you're at twenty and you got to four hundred, it's somewhere in there. If you'd won a hundred, bu- if you were at a hundred, you say, okay. I'm going to keep going, but if I drop under – if I get to 75 or 100 bucks, then I'm out because I want to take home, you know, 50 bucks or 70 bucks, right? Yeah, but see, then you lose that many times to get to that point, and then you're like, okay, odds say. <laughs> right, right. There's I a better chance. Here. And since I know I'm going to hit here, I'm actually going to triple my bet. Right. One of my uh, roommates in college claimed that he went – he got through college, and I assume paying for everything – by betting on horses, he did. I went with him once or twice. He he did well, but I didn't go hardly at all. I went like, and I guess that'd be a form of betting because I'd put down money when we went uh, to the track back in uh, those days. Now but, look, if you're telling me seventy percent of us of a college campus at some point in their life placed a bet, okay, that makes more sense. But when you're saying seventy percent of, of students on campuses are are betting, I'm I'm thinking that's they're doing it regularly. I mean, it's just so like the way they promote it on social media, they show these parlays where someone bets one dollar and, you know, Jimmy Butler scored the first basket and Al Horford had over 10 points and all these things happen. So someone bet one dollar and they ended up winning, you know, eight thousand dollars off of it. And those are the things that they're sharing every night. So then you have these kids in college who have a couple dollars to their name and are desperate to hit it big. So they're every night, you know, betting like five dollars, yeah, three dollars. Mm-hmm. Michael B. Jordan's the first celebrity they show in a Lakers game. I'll here's take the, it. Here's the thing that right. surprised me a little bit on this survey. I mentioned that the NFL was the most popular betting that was going right. on. So I would have thought with college kids at college football, but that was like fourth. Uh, pro basketball was second. College basketball third, and college football was fourth. Said NCAA tournament bracket mr getting those college basketball numbers up but now that i think about when i said i never bet that wasn't totally accurate because when we went to the racetrack lies i did lies so you knew this guy was winning 
You didn't go with him more often, or no. at least say here, here's ten he, bucks, he went, go put it on, you know. He went all, Luck he be went a lady a or whatever it yeah, is. He, he starts tailing the guy that's always hitting. <laughs> yeah, that's when he doesn't hit, and then you're mad at yourself and at him. Yep. What was oh. the name of the horse you won on? I never said I won. I sure. said he won. Wink, wink. Oh, yeah. equestrian Chervania. Yeah, that's right. Yep. No, you put you didn't put a hundred on the Lone Ranger to win. I didn't have a hundred to bet on a Sweet horse mystery. Yeah, <laughs> two dollar tickets. That was about it. Horse names are the best. They are. Yeah, they are the they are the absolute best. I love horse names. Wasn't there a horse in the Preakness with the name Coffee in there? Did um, that? Did I make that up? Uh, th- there was a very unusual. Well, not a, a lot of the horses' names are unusual, but. I thought there was something like that, and maybe it was yeah, scratch. coffee with Chris. Yeah, that was it. That was the name of it. Uh, I don't. That's not a good one. No. Um, hang on. I like they're, the they're, name. I like the name of the horse that won that National Treasure. Yeah, I mean they ripped off the movie, but whatever. Horse names fine. are always so long too. There's, you're never just gonna see a horse out there named Buck. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Chase right. the chaos. Yeah. Why don't you get like very simple names? Red Route One. That's a cool name. You know, Blazing Sevens. Blazing Saddles. Why not name a horse just Buck or Put twenty down on Billy. On what? Billy. <laughs> Mr. Ed. Yeah. Just Ed. Ed. Why can't right. it just be just Ed? Ed? Yeah. Just Ed. What if we named our horses like we named our dogs? Or better yet, what if we named our dogs like you named horses? Right? Here, Blazing Seven Sevens. Here, Blazing Sevens. What's your Roll do- over, Chase, with what, the chaos. Roll your, over, Chase, the your, chaos. Uh, what's your dog's name? Dobby. Who? Dobby. Oh, Dobby. Okay. Yeah. Named after the house elf in Harry Potter. Harry Potter. Nick, do you have an animal in your house? He is an animal. Besides? I, do. I have a gray cat named Caesar. Not named Blazing after Sevens? after the... A uh, leader of the ape uprising <laughs> in Planet of the Apes. <laughs> and what's the dog name in your what's your what, what's the dog's name in your house? Irish. Irish. And what are your dog's name? Uh, Dobby. 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 You a Harry Potter guy. Yeah, like the house elf. Yeah. Well, okay. my kids were at the time. Oh. So. Does it look like Dobby? Is it like a weird little Chihuahua thing? No. Oh. Yeah. Not at all. I'm just saying though, we should we should name our dogs like we name racehorses. That'd be awesome. Miraculous success. <laughs> Here, buddy. Here, buddy. <laughs> Fetch coffee with Chris. Fetch. It's not gonna work. Alright. Come here, blue diamond. Come here. <laughs> Named him after a nut. Alright, uh, for uh, Nick. And Lee, I'm Mark. Hey, go vote the nappies. Vote the opening kickoff. There's only a couple days left. We're back at it tomorrow at 6. Until then, see ya.